Morrissey, that's how people grow up. You're listening to Russell Brand live, 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 live on BBC Radio 2. I'm here with Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt Morgan. Isn't you a live wire? I'm a real live wire. I've do got some, I ain't do my flies up. In fact, I'm, I'll, no, <laughs> on, I'll like raise you. Don't start like that, Bill. Little, 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 little. I had to have a... Build to it. What? Build towards that, if we start off at the point of genital flashing, we've got no mountains left to climb, like Alexander himself, who wept salt tears at the age of 21 that there were no more kingdoms left to conquer. Ah. What on earth are you going on about? Well, I'm just saying, that's what Alexander went through when he was 21. He'd conquered everything. He'd conquered the known world. Very much like me, bearing my genitals in the opening minute of our radio show. Ah, oh, Matt, 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 Matt. It's going to be a lovely show tonight. Mr G is here, poet laureate of the show. Not to mention a couple of drifters. We've got these karaoke people in here, because like, later on, guess who's coming in here? Chrissy Hind, out of the Pretenders, coming in here. Has she agreed to do karaoke? <sighs> well, no. You have but to check that with a record company. I ain't checking nothing with a record company, right? Because remember when we'd done that gig that time, that charity fundraiser for Palestinian children, we'd done it at Ronnie Scott's. Elton John was there doing something. I'd like uh, to be included, but I Nick didn't really Cave. do anything. I don't know why you're saying we. <laughs> Weren't you even there? I was there, but well, I was there just. Well, there you are then, we've down. done it. I know, I had to say, I was stood at this side of the stage, this woman kept bothering me. Could you get out of the way? Could you get out of the way? I said, Who's this old bag? Leave me alone. <laughs> That's Shirley Bassey. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, was, I, was trying to, I was trying to compare the bloody gig, and she was going, Could you step outside, get in my way, you're in the way, you're bothering me. What's Hey, what are you, some kind of goddamn man? I'm Dame Bassey. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm Fred Bassett. <laughs> I've got a lot of things to do. Bertie Bassey. <laughs> I've got all sorts. Oh, I'm a lovable bloodhound. So, no, she was lovely, old dame Shirley Bassey, but, you know, she, it was weird, because I was stood at the side of the stage, because I had to walk on the bloody stage any minute. It was an interesting night, wasn't it? It was, good night, why? What was it? Nick Cave was doing Nick karaoke. Cave, did Elton John, Walliams was Elton there. Elton John wasn't there. Elton John did, he done, what did he do? Oh, yeah, he did, he did Elvis. He did Elvis, like, uh, I've blanked know, that out. Love Me Tender, I think he did something at the end. Must maybe Elton grabbed me afterwards. Of course what he did. I remember he was there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember a thing from that night. Mr. John. <laughs> and he'd never again trust uncle. Never trust an uncle? Um, yeah, and then, so that night I met Chrissy Hind, and she was like, she came over with Jeff Beck, who was lovely and really friendly and nice and complimentary and flattering and gorgeous. Chrissy Hind was pissed and kept coming over, sorry for my language, kept coming over and saying like, uh, Hey Russell, come and let's do a song. And always kept like and bullied me, like kept bullying me to do Islands in the Stream. And I was thinking, well, I've got to do it, haven't I? Because like, if Chrissy Hind asks you to sing a duet in karaoke, you've got to like when you look back over your life, you're not going to think, oh, I'd, you know, I should never have bothered to do that duet with Chrissy Hind. But I'd had a hard day. I'd been on Jonathan Ross's show earlier. I just couldn't be asked with it all, so I didn't so bother. Didn't do it. I didn't do it. But now I bumped into Chrissy Hind in a vegetarian restaurant that I frequent called Eating Two Veg, very fine vegetarian restaurant, if I may. So, so, and uh, like, well, I bumped into her in there, and she goes, Oh, I know, started chatting to her. She's nice, she's sort of sexy, actually, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I liked her. So, that, so what, you're gonna sing Islands in the Stream? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I will. It'll be a version of it. If you can imagine Islands in the Stream. <laughs> <laughs> Much slower. Asthmatic version of Islands in the Stream. Also, later on the show, we're doing a special edition of my new item, Gay!
Hey, with Dale Winton guest hosting it. We're just going to go. Dale's going to do it. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Because I, I believe, I'm not entirely sure, but I believe Dale is a gay gentleman. So he'll do it. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yes. So that's another item. We might, Matt, talk to a Scientologist, but we're wondering whether or not that will lead to our lives becoming massively complicated in case we don't agree with it. Why? No, let's not. Well, because we like things like that. Ike, Rail, you know, Ike, we love him and his theories. Rail, the, who went off with the extraterrestrials, I'm banging to him. I'm up for anyone who's into aliens. I like it. So what are you looking at me like that for? I'm looking at Matt trying to casually step round saying anything negative about Scientology in case he ruins his career. <laughs> what are you worried about? They're Just... all right. They're a good bunch, the old Scientologists, I think. No, he's not. I don't I'm know. I'm not going to get involved in that. You are. I'll drag you into this Scientology like it was five years ago in a massage parlour. I'll drag you in there screaming and involve you in this Scientology ruck. What's the matter? Look, he's I thought you were going to talk about it. that Morrissey thing. I'm going to talk about the Morrissey, Morrissey thing. There's loads of things. The reason I played Morrissey is I went, I went to a Morrissey gig the other night. It went quite well. <laughs> <laughs> like my, like, so, yeah, what happened right was I went to Morrissey on Tuesday. Fantastic, obviously. It's always wonderful went to see Morrissey. <laughs> so it was a ride on the Friday. <laughs> <laughs> went on the Friday with uh, J- Jonathan Ross and Walliam. Aim dropper. Well, it becomes pertinent to the anecdote. You know what I mean? I'm not just slinging them about, right? And uh, it was quite good. And Morris's voice, like, he was obviously unworthy. He'd had, like, loads of injections and whatnot before it. He'd been inoculated before the gig. Then three songs in, his voice faltered, failed. And he had to, it was clear, right, that Morrissey weren't coming back on stage. Well, hang on, when you say faltered and failed, where he went... Sorry. He didn't sound like John Major. (laughs) (laughs) His beautiful vocals were soaring through the Camden Roundhouse, freeing us all, spiritual, like as if it were a slave song. Beautiful stuff. And then, like, he sort of coughed, (coughs) like that, and his voice fell over. I can't go on. He didn't even say that. He just. Off he went. That was it. There was no more Morrissey. He sort of just How went away. How did he walk off in a half? Not huffily, just like... He, not, and he's not like that, is he, dear Morrissey? He just wandered off. Because I've met him on the Tuesday night. I spent some time chatting to him and stuff. I just thought, when I'm nervous about meeting someone, I just in- pretend, interview him. Just do it like it's a television show. Pretend there's a camera on you. Interview him. I do well, That must like... be nice for the other person. <laughs> You shuffling cards. <laughs> Hello, someone's nan, are you? Well, this is awkward. Um, so you were born in 1942. Yeah, but I'm good at doing interviews. It'd be good. It'd be awkward if you were attending. Right, what about you? Just now, no we had to go to the toilet. I will point. We had to go to the toilet. Me and Matt. Matt needed a wee wee. lie. He ran into the toilet, spat on the toilet seat, going, No, you can't sit down on it. What kind of fuckish behaviour? And there was a can of crumpled up Stella at the side of the lavvy, and I suspect that you were involved well, in that as well. I've beer for about two years. Why have you given up? I kindly, out of the goodness of my Christ-like heart, bought you an Xbox, and now you've given up life to spend all your time locked away playing Guitar Hero and some other thing where you're in a war. What's wrong with you? Well, why did you buy it for me? Because out of love, and not so that you could give up every other aspect of your life, <laughs> thinking that the other people in that game are your actual friends. They your are. flatmate told me that you've made up a fictional band name. What is your fictional band name? Why is this turned into a grilling? <laughs> <laughs> Answer the question. Scientology. <laughs> is it all it's cracked about? up to be, or are they merely manipulative crackpots? We'll find out for sure after this important message. What's the name of your fictional band in that game, in Rockstar? Guitar Hero 3. Yeah, what's your name of your band? I think it's the Jesters of Malice. The Jesters of Malice! 
Please, I am Matt Morgan. It was done ironically because when I was at school, that was the name of. Well, I, it's I was not in a done band. ironically. You're trying to live out your childhood dreams. You weren't in a band. You were in a garage, probably with one cousin <laughs> we sobbing. To, we used to do gigs at pubs where we weren't even allowed to be served. We were too young, but we oh, were man, playing. Oh man, it reminds me of the early days of the pistols. You had a badminton <laughs> racket and you were in your shed. An embarrassment. Was a hairbrush. <laughs> you silly sausage. The jesters of malice. I wanted the band to be called that because mm. I'd drawn a picture. But what was the band? You've drawn of a picture. A who looked rather evil. Mm. I thought that was a good name for a band. Jesters of Malice. Yeah. You well, I was about 14. Yeah. Well, what you are you now? Band, 30. You can't share the limelight with anyone. <laughs> you, you're a crooner at 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little lamb who's lost in the woods. Drop the boy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once I found your, your old exercise book and it goes, I love rock legends, the Beatles, Elvis Presley and Bross. <laughs> Look! I was very easily... Russell, and his name was Russell Eddie Brand. <laughs> He'd written that all over his book. Look, I make no apologies for being swept up in Bross mania. It, was, it infected Greys and Essex very, very powerfully, those boys with their little blonde crew cuts. You'll... Let's get a Bross on here. We could get... No, the brosses are off somewhere, aren't they? Like, what do you mean? Where, where are, we've got all sorts on here. Yeah, that's true. If Bag we can get... creator. Later on, we've got Peter Salis, voice of Wallace and Gromit, out of Last the Summer of Wine, commemorative plate stars. If we can get Peter Sutcliffe, then we can get anyone. Well, if we could spring Sutcliffe from Broadmoor <laughs> and get him in here. I'll tell you what you want to do, Matt, is get that story about <laughs> Rose West that was headlined Monster Munch. That sounds wacky. We'll be doing that a little bit later. Chrissy Hines going to be in here with me, doing Islands in the Stream. So just to clear up the old Morrissey thing. So anyway, yeah, right, this on. is what happens. Morrissey's voice falls over. I'm sat there with Walliams. Walliams keeps groping me leg and holding me hand and playing up as usual, much as you would expect of Walliams at a Morrissey concert, taking every advantage he can of the darkness to slip his hands around me thighs. And then when Morrissey goes off, he, he goes, Russell, you should go on there and do stand-up. Goes, oh, Who, Morrissey said that? Morrissey didn't say that. I'm talking about Walliams. Morrissey's off. He can't speak. He's not going to be making any announcements. Focus, because you're drawing a picture of a, like an angry, screaming Eminem on your little pad. Take his pens. Take his pens, if that's how it's going to happen. Look what he's done. Jesters of malice rule. Okay. <laughs> you little up. idiot. <laughs> right? So, like, Walliams goes, you should go out there and do stand-up. I'm not going out there on my own and do stand-up. Stand-up? Exactly. He so, was thrown into the wall. Of course he was. I goes, look, if you come up there with me, I'll go and make the announcement, because it's pretty clear that Morrissey's not coming back on. Then Jonathan's a couple of seats along. Oh, Jonathan, come on, we're going to go out there and do an announcement. We asked Jen, Morrissey's sort of like friend associate, like, Jen, should we, should we go and do this announcement? She calls backstage, she goes, yeah, they'd love you to, they'd love you to. And we all got you a bit swept up. Of... <laughs> I know, but like, think about it, right? Listen, it's, a, it's split between actually quite altruistic, like, oh, stick up for Morrissey, the gig's gone wrong, and yes, vanity of, oh, look, we're friends with Morrissey. Vanity for which we were quite severely punished. We goes right round to the back, we goes round to the backstage area, part of like sneaking about for the crowd, we're a little bit rowdy by now, suspicious that Morrissey may not be returning. As we walked onto the stage, a low, ferocious hum, a sound I've not heard for quite some time, the sound of booing, sort of began, I thought, hold on, what's going on? Because I thought, what would happen was, I thought we'd walk out onto the stage, right, Williams goes, I'll speak first, Russell, then you sort of do some stuff, then Jonathan will close, as if we were going out there doing like a Royal Variety for me goes. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. Hey, we're like musketeers. Bring a balloon, we'll do that balloon dance. Get your clothes off. <laughs> People this love this. great. We 
are the three <laughs> failures right? he walks out onto the stage before anything like Walliams got hold of a mic and he didn't start he didn't start talking straight away and I thought look I'm an experienced stand up what's Walliams he's a variety performer he, he can't work unless he's got a frock on I better take control of this situation so I go centre stage goes oh my look God, Stephen it's the battle of the egos <laughs> Walliams didn't speak he was clearing his throat for a millisecond so I jumped up I thought Walliams has taken a bullet I'm going for it oh hello <laughs> I go Stephen back right the booing's already beginning I go Stephen Patrick Morrissey ain't coming on tonight boo boo Ross of booing I thought this is confusing because I thought the overriding sentiment would be poor Morrissey in well that's what I thought but it was just like where's our product we've paid for a product where is it like as if they'd bought a toaster and the toaster had like, set fire and they couldn't use it like, it's but always the, like that but we all saw Morrissey's throat, throat foul and I know there is a job contingent at any gig and Morrissey does appeal to football fans of which I am one you know, but you talk, I thought, you know, Morrissey is all about sort of alienation, isolation, beauty, truth, unity. I thought, like, the people would just go, oh, fair enough, Morrissey ain't very well. I thought people would accept it. I thought people would go, oh, and it's nice of Walliams, Brand and Ross to come up to break it to us nicely. They just, right, Walliams and Ross, like, so the booing was all mental. I was going, oh, don't bloody, it was the worst case of don't, of don't shoot the messenger yeah, I've ever yeah. encountered ever. Like, they'd shot the messenger. And I now realise why that must, that Maxim must have become popularised. P- messengers must get shot a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah. Messengers must always be getting shot. Also, as David Badil pointed out afterwards, messengers don't often get no plaudits. You don't go, well, that's a lovely message. And a round of applause for the messenger, everyone. But if it's bad news, quick enough to condemn the poor messenger, don't be a messenger. Is the short, like, the short answer to this is, if ever you're at a gig, right, and the act fails, don't go on and no, sort of go, they Hi, guys, just want... one thing, and then you go on there, and it's yeah. not going to be that. And they're just, you know, the, it the was thing is, when people are in a crowd, they don't behave like they would if they were singing. Diminished responsibility. People had no individual responsibility. Because I think if you went to any individual person, uh, look, Morrissey ain't well. You all saw his voice fall and foul and him walk off the stage. You know, nothing we can do about it. You'll be refunded. Keep hold of your ticket. Right? You wouldn't, an individual would go, Right! Come on then, I'll kick your head in. Yeah. But as a crowd, it made me feel very positive about the revolution because I thought, hello, mobs are very easy to lead, but not by me. That was, that, was <laughs> a, a, that, that caveat, that it's very easy to get a rowdy mob going. No, it's like, easy if you're in a mob to throw a bottle or do, throw stuff. Yeah, stuff, cups, stuff went by well. Liam's got hit by a bottle top. He, he went down like Rodney King. Bottle top. Yeah, just like like you know, sort of yeah, like the size of a tuppence. A blind. <laughs> oh my god! I'll never work again. Someone call Matt Lucas. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, and, it, like, John, and then as we was walking, as we was How walking, did Jonathan off, Ross take it because he's quite a masculine man. Well, he didn't. I don't think any of us expected it. We we're all a bit shell shocked. Do you think you've all bonded? Yeah, we were like, you know, goddamn, remember that night? We'll sit around campfires drinking beer years from now. Man, you weren't there, man! You weren't there! Remember Morrissey in 2008? Yeah, man. What, the Tuesday? It was great. No, the Friday. Oh, the fruit stuff. (laughs) That was dark, man. Yeah, but like those, we few, we happy few. Then afterwards, Badil goes, you idiots, you idiots. To me, it strikes me. When I first heard, I thought. When someone mm. said, oh, Russell got up because Morrissey wasn't well, <laughs> I thought you'd climb through the crowd going, I'll take control. I'll do it. Guys, we've got a situation. Right, listen. Can you play 64? I went up 64. Okay. 
Morrissey's we not well, but look on the bright side. When I get sold, I'm losing my hair. Come on, Johnny. That's Many it. years from now, there's Johnny Moore. I can get a better on my Valentine's. <laughs> it was bloody ridiculous situation. Oh, yeah, and that's dear. why David Baddiel actually went afterwards. The only person that could have appeased that crowd would have been Johnny Ma. And like, yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. oh, it was it was mental. And then like when um like when Williams and Jonathan left with some security from the gig, they was attacked outside the gig. People like sort of like still angry. They'd taken like Williams and Jonathan. I was still inside at this point. Taken them to be emblems of as if Morrissey had been taken and put into a basement. And told, if, um, you will perform for us this evening, Morrissey, and for no one else. Jonathan Ross and Williams had been knocked out, and then Morrissey had to come out. <laughs> Williams and Jonathan <laughs> Ross have been, been killed. <laughs> There'll be no more from them. <laughs> That's the end of that. Um, and but to commemorate them, I'm a lady. I'm a lady. Then David Baddiel would have to get up and do history today. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's you, that see is. That. See that's that, you, that, that is. dead TV, beloved TV host. That's you, that is. See half of that double act. Mental, then. Well, you've yeah. learned an important lesson. Yeah, that lesson Don't is. show off. Stay indoors. Do Don't not try leave and the help house. anyone. Or never bond with your fellow man or trying to love. No, but actually, it's, you know, in a way, <laughs> good, because what I've took from it is don't be vain. Don't think, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I've, because although some of me was thinking, hey, I can do a good deed here, I can make this better, and I love Morrissey and everything, some of me was thinking, hey, this will make people think I'm a real power of Morrissey. No one on it, and all these people. Let's and me. <laughs> Show yeah. me where to stand. I would have just, yeah, you just got to stand there and do, If you'd off. been there, would you have told me not to do it? Yes, definitely. Because I, I would know that's the only outcome. There's no, you know, if people have paid to come and see you, that's fair enough. Yeah. Or they're like teenagers or something, but what they're just angry drunk adults. Angry drunk. I wouldn't adults. have. I mean, I don't. I haven't been to a gig like but that. But remember, Williams is a professional person. Jonathan's a professional person. How come we all got swept up in our? The worst thing about it is right. Mm. So I went to a band. I went to a Tool gig, right? And I love Tool. Yeah. And then I, someone just randomly but tried to beat me up, and my girlfriend at the time had to. You know, that's fight we had. Yeah, yeah, I remember. emasculating. Very emasculating, because your girlfriend did better in the fight than you did. <laughs> you, with all your Krav Maga training, were hunched that's in a ball, I, I That's heard. why I was uninjured. Saving up your aggression to when you bought an Xbox sometime <laughs> later, sat in the darkness of your room, like, take that, no, tall fans, take that, other bully boys, you bloody bullies, I'll take you down. No, but listen. Go on. No, the worst thing is, point to make, because then you think of that. Point. Like now, when you listen to Morrissey, you'll think, I love Morrissey, but I don't like his fans. Everyone no, that's else why I played him. it. Straight away, I thought, get back Cleanse on the yourself. horse. Get straight back onto the Morrissey to pony. for a while. I couldn't thought, you? No. Yeah, well, that's no well, great loss I was an absolute hero in that fight, because no one got injured. You were not an Apart absolute hero. Apart from him, who got his nose broken. You sound like a, a gutless, hunched little coward. No. <clears throat> and not that, you know, violence oughtn't be a way that we express ourselves. We're poets here on this show, particularly Mr G, of course, an actual poet, rather than me, simply a show-off, trying to cash in on any sore throat going <laughs> at any gig. What you say? The eagles have damaged a finger. I'm there! Tommy Cooper's collapsed. <laughs> here I go. Tommy, for God's sake, get off the stage! Someone drag this line! Lifeless lump away. Here, not like that, like that. You've I've got a Stradivarius, I've got a painting. Come on, Tommy, shake a leg. Okay, listen, for God's sake, let's play some music. Um, right, so yeah, we've got Chrissy Iron coming up. We've got some lovely, funny emails. More of your stories out of funny things Nans have said. Good it is. What? Oh, what Nans have said. Well, what did you think I said? I don't know, I thought you'd slipped into some sort of African language. Well, I might do one of these days, and who could condemn me? Listen to this, this is from Sarah, for example, when we're saying about funny things Nans say, you know, nice daytime radio style item. 
Hi, Russell, Matt and G. I was just listening to the podcast. We were discussing funny things that grands say, says Sarah. My boyfriend's grandmother was brought up in Burma, and during the recent trouble there, she commented that you can't trust those Buddhist, Buddhist monks, you know. They're not as innocent as they pretend. They'll stab you as soon as they look at you. You never know what they've got under those robes. Buddhist monks are as reliable as the day is long. Love, Sarah. Lots of paranoia there. To think that the Buddhist monks are, are likely at any point to turn and stab you is a paranoid view, isn't it? And look at this. <clears throat> this is from Robin. He goes, After the tsunami that hit Thailand, my nan asked, Oh, did you hear about that terrible Satsuma? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you oh. lovable nan! You lovable nan, you! Satsuma. More of those nan items later in the show. More of our jingle race war. I've got an item. You've got an item? What is yeah. it? I want someone to item. listen to this. I yeah. want someone to explain in simple terms what yeah. that rogue trader thing's about, because no one else understands. What it. rogue trader you know, thing? Bloke, the six billion, three point six billion thing. What Nick Leeson? Ages no, ago, fool. Was there a new one, thing? A worse one that Nick Leeson himself is shocked by. He's even shocked. Former rogue yeah. trader. It's like Peter Sutcliffe going, "Oh, you bloody sexist!" Is yeah. it like that? It's that oh, bad. No, well, this but I just do. want to understand how it works. Mm, so right. if anyone can say, like, in about two sentences... Don't use our radio show as some sort of Wikipedia. Get out there Why and learn, lad. <clears throat> education. That's yeah, what we want. Enough. Not you talking about sex all the time. Hey, talking about sex. I've done a bit of that the other day. Whoa, I was having such nice sex, I must say. Bloody Jonathan Ross saying on his radio show, he come out, bold as brass, going, oh, oh, Russell was there with some bird, looked about 14. I was there with a girl I was helping for a charity who's 21, <laughs> all right? A charity that I've, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a charity, all right? Poor cow. Right, text 88291 if you want to text us. You can phone us on 0500288. As you know, we'll ignore that call for 0500288291. Or you can email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. We're going to listen to the excellent Flight of the Concords now with a, a haunting message of uh, and condemnation of the contemporary world. Let's have a listen to that. Then I'm going to explain everything, make everything easier. Easy for everyone. Flight the Concords there. What's wrong with the world today? I don't know if the bit today bits in it. What's wrong with the world? Yeah, it's just called that. That's Flight the Concords, aren't they? Fantastic. Don't roll your eyes at me, mate. Smooth bit of broadcast. I think there might have been some swearing in that. Apologise for it if there was. Was there swearing, Matthew? I heard the F word fly past. Right now, someone's done an F word. That is one of the worst things. Well done. Well done. Ruined it for everyone. Well done. Great. Been swearing. Feel cool, do you now? Well, everyone's going to stay behind because of your swearing, Flight the Concords. Everyone's staying behind, and you're going to wash your mouth out with soap. That's, I think, a disproportionate response, don't you, to swearing? swearing. Which was apparently quite a commonly meted out punishment in uh, like, it the old to days. Me once. Who's done it? Who administered it? You've got a lot of half memories going on. I'm always saying things. You go, I think that happened to me once. I think there was a crow living in my wall. I think there was a man down my garden. What happened to you? I'm sure that threat was uh, yeah, the, the threat was bandied about. I think it was like right at the sink with some soap, and then they took it, you right over and showed you it, like you showed them dead chicks. You show uh, chicks, dead chicks. I'm not using chicks that. in the 70s way. Man didn't kill women. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean chicks in a literal way. Yeah, no, I think it was like the <clears> threat <throat> got taken right to the sink and the soap was shown. And I just remember thinking, this ain't going to happen. And also, that won't not stop me I swearing. once willingly ate soap of my own accord. It looks so, so soap, so, so nice that 
It, yeah, but when you taste it, it, it's horrible. It's a really misleading, like nice smelling rubbers. You smell a nice smelling rubber, you think, well, that smells so much like strawberry, stroke chocolate, whatever it is, I'll have some. It's yeah. horrible, isn't it? Soaps, you get a lot of the same thing. Also, as a child once, I was so intrigued by a bar of soap, I think I allowed it to go part of the way up my bottom. It, I, it elicited such a screech. You allowed it as if it had a will of its own. Well, if you, you can go up there, but I tell you what, my man, you don't know what you'll find up there. One fellow's not come back yet. I bet it was the whole Matey family. <laughs> Mrs. Matey came out. She won't speak of the event anymore. <laughs> she's a poor, she's like a widow. <laughs> so she scarcely utters a word. Okay, <clears throat> hold on, what do I want to do? Oh, yeah, right, I'm quickly clearing up this issue. You might have read in the papers of the week about, uh, in a show that I'd done ages ago for Six Music, that there was a pre recorded content in a competition, right? I just want to say that I didn't know nothing about that. Matthew, you weren't on the show then. That was when it was with Carl Pilgrim. Oh, no, it wouldn't have happened with me there. Oh, of course not. No, with you, Matthew, the voice no of reason. Scandals with me I suppose here. I would have realised that if you're doing a competition in a pre recorded show, and someone enters that competition that it can't be a listener if the show is pre-recorded. But I just didn't really know what was going on. Those were the early days of broadcasting. So what's your official line? You don't... You... I didn't know what was happening. That's right. what, you know, I didn't know what was happening. We would never mislead listeners on this show unless it was misleading them into a no. world of erotic liberty, <laughs> which will ultimately lead them to sexual diseases no, we, and we're pain. We're always honest if we do a pre-record. Always say it. it's a pre-record. We never say. Always know. being our way, not to lie to people. Now, for example, this is live. It's actually happening. It's actually live. Wednesday this is us. Night. Wednesday. <laughs> Midweek blues. Chase those midweek blues away. Saturday. What? Saturday. Oh, damn you, God. No, this is actually happening. Otherwise, how do we know the result of that uh, game, Haven't and Warlouville? How do we know that? 5 2. They would have edited that bit out. See, it's all real. And look at me tapping a pen. Tap, 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 tap. And look at this. How could we actually. What? Tap, tap, tap. It's proved everything. How could we actually have Wallace and Gromit's voice, last of the summer wine superstar, Peter Salis, on the phone? Are you there, Mr. Salis? What? No cheese, Gromit. Oh, look at that. Straight in with a catchphrase. That's the kind of professionalism yeah, yeah. we can only aspire to. Mr. Salis, thank you very much for coming on our radio show. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm better when I'm Peter. Oh, thank you, Peter. Peter, right. how come you've agreed to come on our radio show? I'm always intrigued. Well, I was advised to be risque, but not lascivious. Mm. <laughs> That's the line we constantly walk between risque and lascivious. I often... Really? I don't know what either of them really means, but that's what they told me. I think risque means... Boop, boop, Lascivious means, oh, you dirty little cow. I'm going to tear your tights. That's what I think, lascivious. That's a pretty good example of it. Um, if I'd not been on this show, I would never have known that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the Webster's definition, but it's, you know, it's certainly a kind of shorthand. Um, yes, yeah, so thanks again for coming on. I was watching one of them Wallace and Gromit films the other day. I liked it. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. That Nick Park, he strikes me like he might be a genius. What's he like? I thought that. I'm showing off now, but I thought that the first day I met him, there was something... i tell you what it was. It was it was sort of success breathed out of him. Some people, you know, give a, give a glow of uh, being this, that and the other, but Nick just struck me as being successful. I just thought, whatever this guy turns his hand to, he's going to make work. Although he will turn his hand to it very slowly, 24 frames a second, well, moving yeah. a tiny plasticine penguin. It must be hard to watch him turning his hand to something. So <laughs> in incredible the amount of work goes into them things, isn't it? Yes. Cause when we did the film, I say we, when they did the film, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, I asked at the end of it how many names were on the credits when mm. they run the credits after the film. Yeah. 614. That's an incredible amount of people. 14 people took part 
in making The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. But those films, when you watch them, they do look like the endeavour of hundreds of people. They do look like very beautifully made, cautiously made pieces of, of uh, film, pieces of yeah. work. They yes, yes. Quite wonderful. Yeah. Um, last week we spoke to... Who was the gentleman that made Bad Puss? Oliver Postgate. Oliver Postgate. Yeah, he was lovely. And you could tell with him the way that it, like his uh, ethos with his work mm. was, was very tender and very different from like people today. And perhaps that's one of the things that makes Nick Park unique, is he's not someone who's just thinking, right, let's churn out a movie. He's clearly sort of got, he's got a love of art and what he does, isn't he? Yes, yes. And he, I mean, manipulatively, oh, I can't say but I think with his hands, mm. he's obviously terribly good. I mean, to, I know he doesn't do much of it now. There's a whole host of people doing the animations. But, you mm. know, to, to do them in itself is a, is a work of art. The figures are only about, oh, six or seven inches high. You know, the things that they're working with. Oh, mm, that's incredible they can be, they, that those figures become that malleable that he makes them dance. I often wonder, with people that have got that kind of dexterity, mm. if that will transfer into the act of coitus or lovemaking. I wonder if, if, you, if you were lucky to, uh, enough to have Nick Park as a, a boyfriend or wife or husband or something, if he would be able to very slowly coax you into a, a, a climactic state. Peter, do you imagine that he would? Oh, definitely. <laughs> he came with us, as well, as it oh, were. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I personally, if I may add a personal touch, I wouldn't want to be manipulated by Mr Park, you know, uh, but, but I can imagine it happening. I, I'm imagining it happening right now. I'm imagining it. Do you reckon, do they ever do, do you think, saucy nude versions of Wallace? On the quiet? Yeah, on the quiet. No, I wouldn't have thought... It, it's too hard work, you know. Mm. I mean, they'd, they'd be so exhausted at the end of it, they wouldn't be able to manage anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Because but, but, just for a little joke, even if it was just a short scene mm. with uh, Wallace perhaps in, involved in a, an unlawful act with Gromit or Lady Penelope, you'd think, bloody hell, that took us eight hours and all I feel was guilty. Yeah, it was it's scarcely worth the investment, is it? Uh, no, you've led me up a path that I didn't think that I was going to go. Um, but uh, I'm sure that I agree with you. That's the safest way out. <laughs> Thank you, Peter, for being so diplomatic. You're a wonderful gentleman. I just want to ask about Last of the Summer Wine. Yeah. Now, the, <clears throat> why, right, even the first series of Last of the Summer Wine was called Last of the Summer Wine. There's been so much summer wine since then. Yeah. Like, that, that first bit of summer wine, that can't feasibly have been the last of it, because there's been so much bloody summer wine. Yes. Decades of summer wine. To call it... Uh, infinitesimal uh, last of the summer wine would have been a rather a long title. Mm. Um, no, it's poetic, and yeah. if you don't understand what I mean by that, then I'm sorry for you. Uh, no, I do understand that it's poetic. <laughs> I do, Peter. I understand that it's poetic. It's not to be taken literally. <laughs> but just saying, there's been an awful lot of summer wine. And uh, also, uh, may I inquire, yeah. in the collective men uh, memory of, of our country, yeah. the, there's a lot of episodes where you go down a hillside in a bathtub with wheels. Did that actually happen only once, and that we've all sort of collectively bought into some hysterical notion, or were you always going down the side of an hill in a bath? No, it only seemed like it. And in fact, to be fair, the guy who went down the hill on, in the bath with wheels on was in fact Bill Owen. It was Compo. Yes. Uh, I, the worst I got 
worst mess I got into was, was, was to actually slide down a hill on a tin tray. <laughs> that was when variation. I was in my 50s, you know. Now time has moved on and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to have a cart with wheels on to go downhill. I think it's unfair of them to expect you to go down any precipice or slope on anything other than, like, a car, really. I think that's vindictive and manipulative beyond anything Nick Park could imagine. So yes, but, of course, to be fair, we don't do that anymore. I mean, the, the number of uh, joke, jokes that are based upon uh, physical things, you know, like that, like falling off a bicycle or whatever yeah. it may be, have been reduced to absolute minimum. Yeah, because it would be horrible if there was bloodshed on the set of Last of the Summer Wine, wouldn't it? Especially if it was mine, yes. We don't need that. Well, Peter. I don't, know. None of us. No. Is there any, like, do the cast and crew all get along, or is there ever any outburst, terrible, egocentric tantrums where people go, look, she's got that trailer, F you! Do the people ever scream at each other, or is it quite a sort of uh, a timid place where people are, are well-mannered? I wish I could provide you with the answer that you are dying for me to say, <laughs> but I'm afraid, no, we are terribly well-mannered, and we do care for each other, up to a point, that is, yes. Um, sorry, but we we don't have outbursts. As a matter of fact, I'm glad that that's the, the response because I would have found it disheartening because uh, you're very much an English gentleman and it's it's lovely to speak to you, Peter. Thank, uh, you. thank you very much for coming on to our show. You've brought um, decorum and gravitas to a show that was in danger of sliding into puerility like a bath going down a hill, <laughs> even if it was only once. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you for having thank me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye, Peter. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, there he goes. Look at Matt doing a good bite. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. you put on your talking to an elderly man first. <laughs> thank you. And we can only thank you more because you're such a lovely guy. <laughs> we can you only... kept trying to talk about sex and made him uncomfortable. He was not uncomfortable. He was so turned on. I had it going on with Peter Sally. What do you want? What do you want to talk to him about then? Oh, Mr. Salis, have you played Guitar Hero? Have you spent hours locked away pretending to be Slash or Gash or Nasher or one of the boys in the Justice of Mercy? Go on. Malice. You twerp. I knew you'd correct it's me. No that was a test. <laughs> no. What would you or, call your or band? Talent. What would you call your band? I'd call it the, the Free Amigos. <laughs> they should never have appeared. Ross and you. <laughs> yeah, dear, oh dear. <coughs> that, was the, that musical association Sorry. was the least successful since Charles Manson got involved with the Beach Boys. Never to be repeated, let me tell you. Okay, so uh, we've got some great items coming up. We've got our Jingle Race War. That's going to be fun. What do you say your new item is? Tell me what the hell's going on in that. Rogue thing. Trader thing. Explain things to Matt, a new item. How could he have passed you by? It's big news. I just switch off sometimes. The world what? economy's in danger. <laughs> I don't, don't care. care. It's all well, an you illusion. could ride on the back of it and get a revolution. Woohoo! Revolution! You need to know about economics, mate. The world of economics is an illusion. I told you that. It's a transient material thing. It's just part of its nature. It undulates. It was bound to crash like the Wall Street crash, like all other crashes, like Black Wednesday, all that other stuff. Load of old hogwash. You just know the words. You no. know what it means. Yes, I do. Yes, I know what, what I mean. Ash Wednesday? What about Pancake Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. What's that it mean nothing to you? Did they die in vain? Did they? <laughs> what about St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> now listen to me, Matthew Morgan. What about you, you idiot? Just seconds before this show began saying, why don't we talk about something really intelligent on the show? And then what do you actually do? Just 
bleat on about your guitar and your band. Rogue trader thing is intelligent. That's your intelligent thing, rogue traders. Is that what you've brought to the table? Yes. All right, well, we what can have you brought in, intelligent? You talk to a lovely old man. What do you go? Have you ever had sex with Nora Betty? Oh, Wellwood. Yeah, Nora Betty, I'm stuck in already halfway down her legs. Try and get up her. Holy joke, mate. Yeah, go on, mate. She's a real looker in her No, she's probably all right, won't she, Nora? Yeah, what if she takes her false teeth out? Oh, Wood, come on, mate. Yeah, I'll get involved. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid laugh. Well, so what? It was a character laugh. Woody Woodpecker. Here's a new item called Clever Monkey. It's uh, an email from Pete Thompson. I once saw a gorilla in a zoo eating an apple. The apple had a little logo sticker on it and he took this off and stuck it on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clever That's the best monkey. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Wouldn't it be lovely to oh, see a gorilla? I thought he was like a little sheriff then. <laughs> I'm, I'm the sheriff. I run this too. Any transgressions, you'll answer to me. Granny Smith, my name is. <laughs> I'm Sheriff Granny Smith. I'm a real pink lady. The law that I govern is gold and delicious. My laws are never cruel or vicious. Chrissy Hind will be coming here later. Gorilla's chests are like black leather. You little pervert. You're turned on by that, aren't you? Aren't you? No. I bet you'd like to drag yourself along a gorilla's leathery chest, wouldn't you? I bet you'd think it was your dad. I bet you'd let it crave you in your arms. What about when Sharon, oh, my stylist oh, and right. new assistant, went to... What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say, because you were talking about someone being cradled like that when my mm. dad held me under a hand dryer, which I've now said. Yep, Matt was once held under a hand dryer because he'd wet... You, Matt used to be a magician's assistant. Oh, he God. failed. <laughs> he failed. The magician goes, Matt just stood there. It's meant, all he was meant to do... No, I always have to say this. <laughs> I wasn't a magician's assistant. I was, oh, we need a little boy to help with this trick. Oh, I put my... That is assistant! It. Some of us take no, that responsibility seriously. I costume and I some toured of, the country with him. Some of us, when Morrissey's taken ill, boldly step up and step to the front line and absorb up the rock. You are an idiot. You can't even be a magician's assistant. You would assistant. have stood on the Berlin Wall going, everyone stop taking bits. <laughs> come on. Hey, come on, come on. We're true, we can build a conservatory out of this if we all pull together. Listen, I was on the front line. When you only have to do the simple job of being a magician's assistant, you stood there and wet yourself, disgracing the magic circle. The magic circle was a ring of urine <laughs> emerging in your grey trousers. I think you were dressed as a page boy that day. You'd even made an effort to dress up. And your dad had to dry you under a hand dryer, scorching you a bit deliberately with the hot air of the hand dryer because he was so ashamed of your performance as a magician's assistant. Held you a bit close to the dryer. Didn't he, Clarice? Didn't he? Do you still feel the burn now on your genitals? <laughs> Clarice? <laughs> yeah? It's the only way I can get off, actually. I put a hair dryer down my trousers. <laughs> Dear old Matt, he can't go to a barber's now without getting thrown up. He covers his lap in mist. Right, OK, I've got something important to say. Calm what? down, you're on t- it's hard to listen to. Oh, right, sorry, and that's, that's the, the dreadful drawback on radio. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you don't want to be on the wireless is hard to listen to. Hold on, that's something really important I was thinking about. What was Monkey, I on about? gorilla, had a Leverage chest. chest of a gorilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Well, Sharon, new assistant, oh, yes, Sharon, yes. she went to a, a zoo with some of her mates and they all got turned on by the gorilla cause, just because like, the, the, they were with a couple of blokes and the gorilla started displaying and going, <laughs> and scared off the blokes that they were with. The, like, and when the blokes went, the gorilla calmed down and looked all tender again. Sharon said she wanted to marry it and was all turned on by it. Mm. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It is, mate. I can sort of see, you know, that. What, getting a track when we condemn no, Paul McKenna well, they're not outright? They the gorilla, are they? They're saying that. They respected its alpha male potency. Its authority. Yeah, well, it's, what's it going to do? It can't get a job. 
can it? A gorilla? It's impressed Don't when it's a sheriff. Don't feel competitive with it. Well, I bet you it? when she told you that story, <laughs> you were thinking, yeah, so? Bloody gorillas. <laughs> an idiot. Here, I can stick apple stickers on my chest, you know? Look at my nipples. I've got pink lady on this one. Milk, milk, lemonade, round the corner chocolate's made. Hey, can a gorilla do that? Can a gorilla do this? The thing is with a gorilla, they look great when they're sitting down, but when yeah. they stand up, they've got little legs. you got little legs and a little tiny willy. Look at me, I'm brilliant. Someone had the gall to send me a penis extension kit the other day. Some company, I can't remember the name of them, and I'm glad of it because they sent it as a promotional aid. It was scary. It was all gift wrapped and that. The agency bought it around. E.O. Russell, mention this on your show. We know you're a ladies man, but Russell, you... if you buy something like that, admit mm. it. Be a man. I am a man. I've got a lovely set down there. The crown jewels, the brand family jewels. Well, nothing why are you wrong trying down to there. extend them? I don't want to extend why them. Why are you so worried about the size of your willy? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I don't want that extend. I've not used it. It's terrifying. It looks like, I tell you what it looks like, calipers for your willy. No, it doesn't. It, Matthew, honestly, it's well, it's a pump in it. it goes it's not like that. No, it's like got a sort of a, you know when you see fake bone. Say you're in an orthodontist or a back place or something, and they've got a fake skeleton made yeah. out of that white bone looking stuff. Yeah. Right, it's a bit of it looks like that white bone, a loop of that, and then loads of little metal bits. It looks terrifying. Like you're gonna, how would you ever you're make? You're not gonna use that, Matthew. It was a proper kit, and it was in a sort of like the sort of thing that you'd get some scales in. You know, like some scales for weighing drugs in the old days. Yeah, yeah. It's like that in you're a velvety sure little for, box. You sure yeah. that's what it's for? There was information. There was a letter and everything that goes. Oh God, extend it. Tell us of the results. Oh, Willie's lovely, mate. In, well, you've seen it. It's in Great Nick, little oh, guy. No. He's lovely. They've got it's a lovely. Bit sad at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. That's his triumphant peak there. That's where he greets the world with his announcements. Oh, you poor baffled man getting sent that. And going, what is this? What does it mean? What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, it looked like something you'd find in Greenwich Observatory. It's odd, it was. Well, it was I'll like send it round and I'll have a look at it. What about, you know, yeah, we used to have that fake vagina, didn't we? The poor thing, tr passed around like a Brazilian rent boy. <laughs> poor little sod. <laughs> no, <he> <laughs> I bravely used it to tell you what it was like. Yeah, then you said, send it round my ass in a cab. <laughs> I can't do that. We did send it I in a cab. I put a cigarette in it and send it round. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, Mr. Brand has delivery for you. Who is it? Oh, some poor old... <laughs> that was how we'd do that joke in real life. So, uh, what's my other thing I want to go on about? Oh, yeah, I was about to condemn you. Right, blessedly... Please stop condemning me. <laughs> all right, we won't I live in you. my room playing a computer game to stop me going out and drinking and going mental all the time. Right, our film. Get on with it, you bloody layabout. Your film. My film from film my book. your life, which I've been edited out of. You've not been edited out my of? My name's changed to something like Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> you're called Mickey Tits. Yeah, you're a great character. I've been reduced to the states of, like, furniture. No, you've got a good part. Oh, you're good, you yeah. are. You get to play the shepherd. The shepherd's the best part. Without the shepherd, Jesus would have known to worship him. <laughs> what would he do? Come on, don't complain about your part. It's good. You, it's a double-act film. I've just condensed through necessity in one character. double-act film that I'm not in, and You're my in name's it. not even in it. Yeah, but my name might change. I might change myself I to... I hope it does. Dirk Slazinger <laughs> or something. <laughs> Make myself a bit more glam. Well, then people might go and see it. Oh, spiteful. Well, it's a Michael Winterbottom film, and he's a great director. You I don't like the word Winterbottom. Why? What's wrong with it? Makes me think that if he pulled his pants down, his bum would be two snow globes. Ooh, I like the idea Does of that. Does it make you think that? Makes me think of Narnia, but a Mr. Tumnus dancing around an arse crack. And I like it. I like really? the image. Yeah, Winterbottom. or the Ice Queen on a sleigh going down a beautiful sort of bum. ice arse. Yeah. She wouldn't do that. Of course she wouldn't. She's, She's a noble woman. She'd lose the respect to the court if she did that, wouldn't she? I'd yeah. say. I was scared of her because she could turn you to stone, which was a childhood fear of mine. Well,
Where did you ever think you get turned to stone? Why would anyone do that? Prevalent, isn't it? In People don't children's want children's stories. Perhaps that's where your hypochondria comes from. What about this week when there was a scare, blessedly, around our friend's baby? Did you baby? take those antibiotics? No, I didn't take those antibiotics. Well, I've been on them. You idiot! I got fooled into it. Absolute idiot! Do you know what happens to you when you take them? He looks all confused. One of our friends, Nicola, who was there as well. I know, I know. He's all right. We're all all right. What? Who's on the phone? Dale? Dale Winton's on the phone. Right. Dale? Oh, we'll Dale. <laughs> Dale! Dale! Oh, Chip Chip and Dale! Rescue Rangers! <laughs> right, okay, what we're going to do now is our new item, well, not yeah, my new item, Gabe, but it's a special item because we've got the brilliant Dale Winton, but we're going to talk about Matt's hypochondria just in a little minute. Dale, are you there, sir? Hello, Russell. Good evening. Oh, Dale Winton, to have you in my ear, oh, is a very gl- great pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you today? I'm good, darling. How are you? I feel very upbeat. I've drunk a bit too much caffeine. I'm showing off a little bit. I'm fresh from a bruising encounter with Morrissey fans. I feel on top of my game. How, are you all right? I'm all right, and I'm a bit envious of you tonight because I love Chrissy Hine, and you've got her on the show, haven't you? She's going to be in here in a minute, and we're doing uh, Islands in the Stream, so that's going to be oh, really lovely. She's wonderful. I love that voice. Voice. Yeah, it's beautiful and sexy, isn't it, her voice? She's, she's actually, she, she's actually a very, can I say, sort of like, horny bird? You can say that, mm-hmm. Dale, but no one will believe you, because we know what you get up to, you <laughs> saucy sod. Now, Dale, you're very close friends with, uh, Walliams. Have you got, have you ever transgressed? Have you got any information that's obvious to all of us, but we've never had confirmation? No, funnily enough, listening to your show earlier, I heard you mentioning David, of course, uh, mm. quite a lot tonight. Yeah. And, uh, I spend my entire life... People, because we we are really close friends, and I spend my entire life. People going, is he? Is he? Can Izzy. I categorically say, to my knowledge, yes, straight as they come. Because I suppose if he was, how would he keep his hands off you, you bronzed sod? You know, <laughs> like me. You flatter me, sir. Well, no, I mean, I would, I would do it. We're, we're, but he just does stuff that you do think sometimes. Come on, he is a little bit, and he. You know, the way he carries on. But I suppose with you, perhaps, I think like what David likes to do, I'm quite sort of camp and feminine, so I think what David likes to do is up the femininity and campness in my company. But I think in the company of a genuine, actual gay man, he might feel threatened. No, but I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is, Russell. Mm-hmm. You find the ones that are really borderline that don't, you're never sure about are the ones that protest too much. The ones that actually go along with the camp and the gay are the ones that actually are so comfortable in their own mm. being that they're not at all gay. But I watched you doing a fabulous program on satellite years ago and mm. it was all about sex. Do you remember that? Yes, it's where I uh, manually stimulated to the point of orgasm a gentleman in a lavatory in a gay bar in Soho. I, I still have it on my TiVo. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> I've still got it staining my soul, Dale. It was an incredible piece of broadcasting, though, I, I must say. Actually, anybody, you know, anybody that hasn't seen it, it is fabulous. Yeah, look on YouTube under Rebrand. I believe the episode was called Wanky Wanky. Sorry for swearing, but that is the name of the show. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, have a look at that. That was ent- all entertaining fun. I believe that was your idea, wasn't it, Matt, for me to do that? Yes, it was. Great idea. Along there, we'd get circumcised and eat the foreskin. You disgusting man. Scarred me for a little while, but still, I'm all right now. Now, Dale, I'm sure you're aware, or possibly not, that we have an item on our show called Gay, right? And where we help people with uh, problems related to, or issues, in fact, related to homosexuality. We would like you to help. Will you? Absolutely. Right, okay, well, there is a jingle because this is a professional radio show, and uh, here we go. Here is the jingle. Gay! 
and welcome to my regular item, Gay. It's, we, it's a very special week on Gay now because we've got Dale Winton. Hello, Dale. Hello, Russ. <laughs> Hello there. Here is a uh, problem sent in by someone called Madeline. Here is the problem. I'm going to read it out. It's a young lady called Madeline Grimm, and here it is. Hello, Russell, Matt, and G. She doesn't say Dale because at this point she didn't know that you would be the host, but I'm sure she'd be bloody thrilled if she knew that you were. I'll just read you the problem, Dale. My name is Madeline, and I'm 17. I live in America. I'm going to be moving to London to go to art school in August, and I have a roommate who lives there whom I've been talking to for about a year. I think I'm gay, or at least bisexual. Go the whole hog, woman! How can I, or do I tell her? I'm terrified of being rejected, but I don't want not to tell her. I think it would make it awkward if she found out. Please help me! Love always, Madeline Grimm. So she's worried about coming out and coming on to her new roommate. What do you think, Dale? What should Madeline do? Well, I'm a bit confused, because has she met the roommate or not? I don't think so, but she seems pretty keen to get involved, doesn't she? It all seems a bit too rushed to me. Don't rush, Madeline. Don't and also, rush. If, she, if, if she's coming... You know, London is so great in terms of if you want to be in touch with your sexuality, but if the roommate is not cool about it, she'll meet someone else very quick, won't she, in London? So she should just... Maybe not say anything till she gets there, and if it's a problem, she could find somewhere else. Find somewhere else, find someone else. There's that good lesbian bar in Soho called Lipstick Lounge. Candy Box. Candy Box. Matthew, you knew, didn't you? <laughs> Offering around there, that was a little test. Matt there from the Jesters of Mercy, hanging around lesbian bars. So, yeah, okay, so she should, yeah, don't rush it. That's a pretty good advice, I think. But, yeah, I think if people are going, oh, I'm worried that I might be gay, get out there and be a bloody gay. Go on, go mad, do some gayness, then find out. It's not the end of the world, is it? It's not like I'm worried, like them people that go, oh, I think I'd like to have my leg amputated, and then they do it, and they go, oh, no, I realise now I needed that leg to walk about on. You know, just be gay, then be ungay, go crazy. Have a, have a wild and crazy ride with it. Right? I think more people actually experiment on the QT when they don't tell their significant others if they're in a straight relationship, and they find out privately if they like it or not. I think this happens all the time. Dale, do you mean to suggest that you've had it off with married men in a gay way and I'm thinking Richard out of Richard and Judy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he's, he's, he's not masculine enough for me. Well, well, you go for a proper butch fella, it's like myself, then. Yeah, absolutely. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, big butch burly fella. Go on, give us an example of a nice big butch burly fella that you'd be into. Um, who would I be into? I'm just trying to think who... Uh, I'll tell you who I think's very cute. Mm. Peter Andre. Peter on? He's not big butch, but he's, I mean, he's got a big buff body, but he's like all gentle, isn't he? He's a lovely yeah, man, I actually. Suppose he, I don't know, really. I like that sort of, like, shaved head goatee type. Mmm, OK. You like, might like Mr G. He's got a shaved head and a moustache, and there's a little bit of... Look at it. Hold on a minute. He's just taking his trousers down. He's the poet for this show, so, yeah, he's, he, might be in, he might be of interest to you. Uh, because this is... Oh, I was going to say, well, will you do another gay problem for us, Dale? Dale? Yes. Just what? This is another letter. This is from Emma. <clears throat> Hello. I always listen to your podcast, which cheers me up and reminds me of home as I live in the UAE. That must be the United Arab Emirates. Emirates. Unless it's... <laughs> anyway, this could go into two parts of your programme. To give you some background, my nanny's a 90-year-old Christian who played the organ in church for 30 years. Dirty cow. She now lives in a nursing home, and my mum recently visited her and said, can you pass me that homosexual? My mum just looked at her strangely, and she answered, I don't know why I said that. It's not what I was thinking. Uh, if you set aside... What the hell is this? If you set aside a certain part of your day to think about gay people. That doesn't make sense as a problem! You should read them before you pick them up. No way! I like to be spontaneous. You've well, wasted Dale's time. Dale, I'm sorry no, to... I lost the will to live on that one. I didn't quite understand it. Dale, for God's sake, don't let... Uh, don't give in to I'll just because what, of one bad email. i who my perfect man would be. Who is it? Ray Winston. Right, I knew really? it. Ray Winston. Big, 
bluff Ray Winston. Yeah, Hello, he'd be Dale. perfect. Right, Dale. Would you like to come out with me? We'll perhaps take in a show. We'll go see Billy Elliot and I'll drag you home, knock you about, crash your back doors in. How's that sound? I suppose, yeah, that'd be nice. I'm going to have to sit down now. Oh, <laughs> crikey. Just check Ray ain't behind you. What <laughs> I think, Dale, is that you'd feel very safe in Ray Winston's loving arms, wouldn't you? Yeah. And that, yeah, that, I can see that. Like that, I could, yeah, I've often contemplated that thing. It's just like when I did manually stimulate a man to the point of orgasm in a toilet, I didn't much like the feeling of touching his willy, but had it been a really, really good-looking man, such as yourself or David Beckham or even Peter Andre, perhaps it would have been nicer. It's just I only really like my willy. Yeah, but the trouble is, and apparently it's a very nice one from what I hear. It's in really good nick. It's lovely. I but can't speak highly enough It's the it. environment you did it in, which was very off-putting. That's true. I mean, I'm always doing heterosexual sex in those kind of environments, and I managed to pull that off. But it was just that added, added obstacle of there being another willy in the room. Really, I've got to ask you me. something, Russell. Yes, Dale. People, girls, mm -hmm. absolutely swoon at you. I know that. Um, I know about four girls that absolutely think you are Don't tell sex, on legs. sex Do you, on legs. Are you aware? Mm -hmm. And what is it about you? Do you think that gets them? Because I know that they follow you everywhere. What is it you've got? Do you think? It's a good question, Dale, and I'm very glad you've asked. It gives me uh, an opportunity to boast like a madman. <laughs> I think it's a certain sensitivity and an appreciation of beauty. I see beauty in all people. What, what Matt? Why are you sneering? Shut My co-host Matt sneering. You what are you see sneering him shouting at? His PA <laughs> appreciating beauty. I appreciate beauty. Only a way here I was appreciating some beauty. Of course I was. The cab driver, I was lovely to him. What beauty. does Matt look like? He sounds great. Matt is actually very attractive. He's got a lovely bit of stubble. He's quite rugged. Very masculine. Lovely long hair. He's an absolute brute. Uh, he was once a magician's assistant and weed himself on stage, so he's not afraid <laughs> to be humiliated or of water sports. I'm experimental. It's very experimental. So with him, well, why the heck didn't you invite me into the studio? I said to Nick, the producer, I said, I'll come and do the show live if you want. Come he now. He said, no, prefer it on the phone. Well, I think oh, why Nick. that is, it, <laughs> I think what that is, Dale, is we have more control of people if they're on the phone. Say it all goes dreadfully wrong, then it's like, oh, we're going to have to put the phone down. But you, like, you're brilliant, so you can come whenever you like. You'd be very welcome here, Dale. You make me feel warm, comfortable, cosy, and uh, yes, yes, I admit it, a bit gay. So, like, if you ever want to come here, come here. Well, I, I promise I come will. Come in now if you want. Chrissy Irons going to be in a minute. I don't know where you live, but you're welcome to come in now if no, you I feel like No, I can't tonight it. now, but All I right. would come another night. Now we're getting to the truth. Now, there's the real <laughs> Dale Winton there. There he is. Supermarket sweep. He don't give a monkeys. There it is. <laughs> Dale, thank you so much for coming on our show. We've, we're, the only reason we're going is because there's some show that has to come on. It's called The News, where they tell you about stuff that's recently occurred. Oh, well, darling, have a wonderful weekend. You too, Dale. Thank you so much for coming on our show. You've been a lovely you're guest. Welcome. Thanks for your help. Bye, there's Dale, Dale Winton. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, now, stuff's been going on on our dirty little circle, and that's nothing to do with Dale, well, that wasn't a back reference. What I'm saying is the oh. world, that's what I meant. Hello, right, are you, what are you and G doing, dicking around while I was talking to Dale? We were laughing. Don't muck about! When you talk to a very camp man, you get more camp. I don't do. try and change something. Yeah, I do get more camp because I like to try and I think, oh, I hope he likes me. Oh, I want him to you love are me. so stupid. <laughs> I am a bit stupid. That's not why I do it. Yes, it is. You do it because you want a boyfriend. See, right, here's the last fact before we go to the news. <laughs> Matt. News. Matt's gay. This is BBC Radio 2 online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. Here is some news. Da, 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 bloody old news. That was Witchcraft Lady Winter, Matt Morgan's choice, obviously. Don't bloody try and freak. Blame that on me. I'm not distancing myself from it. Now, Chrissy Hind is here. I've just met up with her briefly in the outside area. The chemistry between us is still what I can only describe as a potent. A very magnetic force exists between me and Chrissy Hind. Later, we will be expressing that chemistry and love through the medium of the great Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers song, Islands in the Stream. It's always been a hit of mine, but has become particularly. A hit of yours? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just meeting you, though. Know, all of us remember. 
that Christmas <laughs> where I released Islands in the Stream. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but I've become fonder of it since that karaoke night where Chrissy was drunkenly badgering right. me and singing it. But I thought, oh, I can't do it. I can't take it. Matt, have you seen the bleak for the people around the karaoke? Paul and, and Paul. Pete. Peter and Paul. Peter and Paul. Fly away, Peter. Fly away, Paul. Right? They're a couple of chances, aren't they? Have you seen the way they turned up here an hour late? They've been drifting about. They're odd. They're, oh, it goes to Nick. Where are they? Because Chris is here. They've gone, oh, they've gone for a fag. Peter and Paul, the karaoke men, they're oh, jokers. God. They're a couple of right charlatans, I tell you. We'll get them in here. We'll bloody well judge them before we uh, kick off with Chrissy doing this thing. Right, what's this I was going to say? Oh, yeah, right. Have you checked that they've got islands in the stream in their no, machine? No, I've not spoke to my head of... Uh, you you can deal with them. You see, they're not a couple of nutcases. One of them's like a big, skinhead, terrifying baby. The other one, shifty-eyed, <laughs> looks like he's got a shiv in his back pocket. They look like they've been let out of prison half hour ago, come round here to stab us <laughs> over a karaoke machine. Never seen the like. I can't wait to get them in here, give them the grill in their life. Nick, the old vicar's son, looks a bit worried. Why don't you get become a chaplain in their church instead of disgracing your father with your career in media, you secret muslim we've got a, an email here it's from uh it's from louise in cambridge my nan can't bring herself to say the word vegetarian so refers to me as one of those in the appropriate context she's one of those should sharon be your new assistant says peter bins nice name and she seems to be yet another in a long line of assistants sharon will be safe sharon's been a friend for yeah, many think, a long year what? Because if it's someone, like, because they've got to do such a difficult job, yeah. it'll strain the, the friendship. Yeah, but I love her, so it'd be all right, don't you think? Yeah, but then that, isn't that love going to turn into scary love and scary manipulation? Love. Manipulative <laughs> love, the kind of love I use to get people to work harder. This is from Becky on the fan site forum. She says, French police last night searched Paris headquarters of Sock Gen, as well as scouring Curviel's Paris flat. The trader is alleged to be responsible for losing the bank... You, you, what? This is my nine billion. Yeah, yeah this is exactly. Matt's new item. Learn about some boring financial economic illusion you that don't mean so nothing stupid. anyway. I you know that the world of Ocon economics is what governs. <laughs> I know the word of Orinoco. We've got an analogy. Out of all the wombles, I like Economico, Orico, and Uncle Bulgaria. They're all powerful men. Look, what I'm saying is, it's all a load of balderdash. None of it really exists. Yes, but does if you it? understand it, then you could bring down. I know, you know the miracle could... of consumer capitalism You're is stupid. what holds the What do you think together? your revolution's going to run on? Beans and love. That's what, mate. Magic beans. Magic beans. Magic. Yeah? A bit of nouse. That's what the revolution... Nouse, mate. Pizzazz. Elbow grease. Common sense. Yeah? That's what I say to you, you hater. You couldn't tame a crowd hey. at a gig. Whoa, whoa. What are you going to do with a country? Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. Yeah? Don't hate the player. Hate the game, mate. That's what I will say to you. Check it's the bloody game. Before you wreck yourself, Brad. Yeah. Witness the fitness. Yeah. Witness the fitness. Witness it. Right, but oh, it's complicated, that economic thing. I just saw another thing. My I friends did and I actually ask if someone could explain no, it in know. two sentences. You not can't. Telling that us was they too many sentences. Flat. Too many well, sentences. Anyway. Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. This is from Chris. My friends and I are playing Guitar Hero now. Our band is called Kinky John. That's from Chris. Excellent. Matt would get on well with you, you couple of nerds. If, <laughs> this is from Ricardo. If my nan thinks she can smell someone's blow-off, she says, Who's let Billy out of prison? <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely nan. What a lovely... <laughs> I like that then. So while you're holding a back flatulence, that is Billy still very much in prison. Much like Rose West in my new item, Rose West. My new item, Rose West. Rose West. <laughs> Westy, Westy, you put us to the testy with your liberal attitude to sex and murder. Monster Munch reads the headline in today's sun. <laughs> Greedy. <laughs> this is quite funny. Greedy at the bloody karaoke 
chances of Amble back in, stinking of fags and booze. Look at them. Just come here. One of them's gone up to Chrissy Irons. Get your hands off Chrissy Irons, you nicotine-stained lag. Look at him. Oh, they're mental. We'll get them in here. We'll grill them. Greedy Rose West gobbles two bowls in jail. Gobbles, she does. Bloated... This is by Gary O'Shea in today's sun. Bloated monster, Rose West. <laughs> Bloated monster. Like, she's not even just a normal monster, but a monster that's really <laughs> let itself go. Bloated monster, Rose West, repairs the tuck into two bowls of prison grub. There's a photograph of her doing just that. That might be just the two courses. Might yeah. not be like she's scoffing two bowls of chili con carne. The House of Horrors killer, who has ballooned to around 18 stone, looks delighted with her feast. In the first quality feast. photos... <laughs> it's not a feast. It looks like horrible... So gruel, they don't look very pleasant. But West, 54, appeared more miserable as she loafed around the exercise yard. Loafed, well, it's using really pejorative language to condemn her for mundane and banal acts like eating food and walking. walking. <laughs> loafed around, slagged off, then she just squatted out a poop in a toilet, laughed to herself at the stink. That's just doing innocuous, functional Maslow's Pyramid of Needs functions, eating, moving about. Then she reclined on her bed without a care in the world and what's it say here our insider says Rosie has really let herself go not Rosie they've not speaking to her in an affectionate way Rose has really <laughs> let Rosie god bless her. I mean you know we all make mistakes Rose has really let herself go she gets fatter by the day pretty soon she will be as big as her house god knows what kind of horrors would be in that house who's that buried in your feet Rose oh Christ our insider well then what does it go on to say the killer was given a cre- was given a cream and demands massages from medical wing staff for a painful condition she now walks with a limp but still manages without a crutch what kind of limp is that for god's sake woman after leaving the jail canteen west squirrels the meals up to her cell <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking them to my cell they're good all to eat in their cells surely i tell you what they're laughing at us in nick aren't they they've got it so they're easy. a lovely time squirreling things up. oh what a joy what would i give to be in my cell eating filthy stinking hateful food squirreled it it's like I really like that. You can make anything sound negative with language. You can't but, be you can't squirrel stuff away if you're really fat. So they've said she's like the size of a house. Yes. Yeah, so imagine a big fat bloated squirrel trying to huff and puff its way up a tree. It'd be a preposterous sight. <laughs> oh blimey, I've got these here called <laughs> It's ridiculous, it could never happen. Look at this bit there. She was recently moved to a four star B wing where inmates have much greater freedom. Four star? I doubt it. Four star means well, it's got to have its Mitchell own pool. Mitchell have gone in and rated prisons. <laughs> well, if you if you if you stay in one prison this year, make sure <laughs> it's Broadmoor. The facilities are absolutely fantastic. There's some building work going on outside. I couldn't <laughs> sleep. <laughs> I saw one cockroach in my room. Well, thanks a lot. Then it says, and staff are sick of her because she behaves like a spoiled child. <laughs> She's considerably worse than a spoiled child. Oh, you spoiled brat. That's 11 people you've murdered now. When will you learn? <laughs> Rose needs to realise there'll be... They'll, she'll be there till she dies, so she better make an effort to get on with people. Yeah, realise it, Rose West. No point in hating people. So basically, they got some photos of her from yeah. in prison. And yeah. went, right, 
She's right. got two okay. bowls in her hands. Let's say she's greedy. Greedy goblin squirrel. She's a greedy goblin squirrel. Right, oh, there she is in an exercise yard, loafing about. Why doesn't she walk in briskly in the exercise? Because if she was walking briskly, they'd say, look at her guiltily striding about the yard, probably pacing out a grave. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's nothing she could do that wouldn't power be... Power of language, eh? The power of language, Matt. A power we have long-wielded. Perhaps not always responsibly. Right, so why don't we now get bloody Chrissy Hind in here, stick on one of her records, and you got no pretenders But sometimes fag. people find that rude, don't they? What, if you put one of their records? Yeah. Let's look at her face. Because then they've got to she go... She said no. Why? Get her in there. Chrissy, come in, love. Because they've got to sit there all the way through their own song. So what? That's Might make it. on edge. I like listening to my stand-up. I just nod patiently till it ends, <laughs> thinking this is brilliant, this bit, this is good. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chrissy Hind! Woo! Yeah, Chrissy Hind! Chrissy, talk in that microphone. Bring it nearer to me if you want, my love. If you want proximity, you're... Normally you have to be pretty drunk to do this karaoke. Do you? If you're, if you're good with it, I am. Don't get drunk. Chrissy, I will say that when we met in that vegetarian restaurant, he goes, hey, what shall I bring to the show? And, like, listed out a big load of substances as if you were some sort of pharmacist. No, I did not. No, you didn't. I just made that up. Now, what (laughs) bloody hell are you up to, Paul or Peter, whoever the hell you are? Use Matt's mic. Crane in and start explaining yourself. Why are you an hour? This is the karaoke expert. Hi, guys. I'm putting on one of these shows for these two. I'm having a good laugh at it as well. You can't even talk, probably. (laughs) Come back. (laughs) What are you on about? I've never done karaoke. I'm more concerned whether it's going to work or not. Well, so am I, you bloody charlatan. You're an hour late. What were you doing? Christy, have you, have you ever... You've done karaoke. Oh, yeah. I, I discovered the beauty of karaoke in Antwerp. Oh, really? Why? What happened in Antwerp? Well, I, I knew Just I would know karaoke. anyone there for a start. Right, But so. the thing with karaoke is no one pays attention to you. Yeah, no you one's listening. You could be Al Green or Martha Reeves, anyone you want, and everyone else is, you know, just... Well, I don't think that's the case. People focus, don't they, on karaoke? Uh-uh. No. They just ignore it? No, absolutely ignore it. You can do anything you want. Well, not on bloody Radio 2, you can't. We've oh, okay. got to well, concentrate. Let's find out. Let's find out. Put them we? on your ear rolls, then. Well, you're not wearing any. Yes, I am. Look, they're, they're, I just You've only got one on. Yeah, no, but well, you do that. That's why I only, I only wear one headphone, because that's what I've seen on Band-Aid videos. I think, oh, look at, oh, look at Paul Young. He's got like, one ear. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm, not gonna, I'm not doing that. You're not doing it? You'll put it on both ears. Do I need it at all? You can do what you like. You're Chrissy Hines. Who's arguing? Let's go. Oh, Christ. Okay, let's start it again, Paul. You idiots! You can tell it's live, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, thank wait, God, wait, which, there's evidence which, of that. Is, is, do we know who's who? Oh, yeah, how do we know? Think, boys of blue. Boys okay, of blue, women of pink, okay. <clears throat> Come on. Baby. Hold on, no, go, that's go, the right. Okay, hold on. We'll change. Now. Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown. Oh, flat. I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb. I was soft inside. There was something going on. Ooh. Do a bloody Chrissy Iron tell us a joke. Go on. But you don't know something to me I can't explain. Oh, you are confused. Hold me closer and feel no pain. Am I supposed to be Dolly Parton? She sings right. Who are you bloody well? You're Chrissy Iron. We got something going on. Tender love is blind. It requires a That's not lit up yet. Tender love is blind. It requires a dedication. All this love we feel needs no conversation. We ride it together. Aha. Uh-huh. Making, Making love with, with each other. Aha. Uh-huh. looking at me. Islands in the street. That is what we are. No one in between. Other, uh-huh. 
slightly spicy. Look, oh, I could. Without you, if the love was gone, everything is nothing. If you got no one, and you did walk in that night, you're slowly losing sight of the real thing. Why did you do this in front of everyone? But that won't happen to us. I don't know this bit of the song. It's difficult because this is quite a complex song. And we got no way out. Two, it's you, it's you. Seamlessly. That was all right. Well, Chrissy, give us a kiss. That was you rubbish. Yeah, well, it's not my bleeding job. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a bloody singer. You asked me on a show yeah. and humiliate me, and I should be ashamed. Listen, of I think you're absolutely fantastic. To tell you the truth, perhaps that's the sort of thing that would have benefited from a rehearsal. But let me tell you, Chrissy, you are absolutely magnificent. I don't think we could have done it any better. Nor do I, and I don't think have we should heard aspire you sing to. Tonight? Hey, listen, have you not heard my hit single when I'm 64? Because I think it would blow your mind. Have a listen, little listen to this. Have you got it, Matthew? It's not in there at the moment. Well, I'm capable of greatness. Anyone will, anyone will tell you that who's heard my Sergeant Pepper cover or when I'm 64. Well, that they might dispute that quite fervidly. But anyway, for God's sake, karaoke, you told me that it's all in the spirit brilliant. of fun, right? That's brilliant. Yeah, come on, why is there an inquest? Why is the band splitting up? Hey, come on. I remember when it used to be about yeah, the music, do, Chrissy. Let's try this band's one. falling let's apart. Let's try another I ain't one. doing no more bleeding karaoke. It's our yeah. work. I don't <laughs> like nice doing coming down here on my evening off. Look, we can have a chat and stuff. You do bloody singing, I'll do jokes. It seems to be a perfect relationship, right? No? Okay. What do so you want to hear? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, do something. Well, we've got brass in pocket. I bet you ain't got that on your no, bloody karaoke no, machine. No, well, do something. No. I think that everyone knows. I've it's radio brass too. brass in pocket on karaoke at weddings. It's, right, really? it's not something work. you want to wake up and think about. 
well, I've, I'd be happy to go to sleep thinking about it. I'd like to be awoken in the middle of the night thinking about it. I've got no problem with that at all. What, what's your, what, what do you want to do then? I don't know. What else is there? Well, is this the list? No, no this that's is our, that's the, the list of our songs, as a matter of fact. They'll have all the karaoke classics. Yeah, they'll have a karaoke well, classic. Do a karaoke another, another great uh, duet. I don't want to do a duet, right? Because I think it's hard. You have this timing. There's you have to like. You were great. Why are you beating yourself up? Listen, yeah, you, you're not managing Elton our band John and no Kiki more. Day. That's how I see you two. Very much Elton and Kiki. Look, or, yeah, Chrissy. Or dollar. List of things. Dollar. There you are, darling. Look, there you are. Yeah, I'm not doing the duet. Stop putting me in this position. I've already been dragged through one bloody duet with a professional singer. Last night, I had to go announce that Morrissey weren't coming back on stage. Are you aware of that? I've been through Why that. Why not he? He, uh, throat, his throat sort of went terribly wrong on stage, and me, David Walliams, and Jonathan Ross, out of what can only be described as the goodness of our heart and the, ma the hugeness of our egos, went on stage to make the announcement that he was unwell. It didn't go down very well with the crowd. He didn't come on at all? He came on, did three numbers, his voice fell over, and then he went off. And then like, we went on to do the announcement, look, unfortunately, Morrissey's not going to be able to continue. We were very nearly murdered as a result. They were nearly lynched, David and Jonathan, on the way out. They had to be protected by security, bundled in the car, never seen anything like it since the Guildford 4. It's bloody ridiculous. So... Do you talk that fast? Sometimes, when I'm under pressure. So, like, you know, all in all, the last thing I need now is another high-pressure situation. Because I can't you to sing something that, you know... Will take a lot of heat <laughs> off of me, give me time to compose myself, find a nice funny anecdote from the news. Can you find a song there then? Okay, well, what would I like you to. Uh, what would I like to hear Chrissy sing? I'd like to hear you sing something called Beautiful and Tortured. That's Baby by Carla Thomas, that's a great karaoke number. Go on in. Have you got that? Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. Did you see. What did you just say, or did you see it on the thing? Maybe. No, I didn't see it. I'm just saying it's a good karaoke number. Okay, well, you've now handed over control of our bloody radio show to this ex-con, Paul, <laughs> who, frankly, I wouldn't trust to feed my cat, although I do love my cat quite a lot, and it's not as, I suppose this is less consequential. Have you got that, Paul? Yeah, right. that Baby by Carla Thomas. Have you got it? He's searching for that now. No, I don't want to do a bloody duet. I've done one duet. Why don't you have a little chat for a bit? Yeah, OK, let's do a nice We're interview. We're still on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> this is a radio show that's oh, happening now, Chrissy. Well, it was nice seeing you at Eating go. Two Veg again. Yeah, I know. Am I, I like on it. my mic and you're on your mic? Yeah, that's it. You go there. See, I thought you'd ask me about my ZZ Top t-shirt. I could tell you how... Go on. How I, I, They're personal friends of mine. They're personal friends of yours, yeah. ZZ Top? Mm -hmm. Are they? Mm -hmm. What, they gave you a t-shirt to commemorate that friendship? Yes. Oh, that's nice. No, so, it's swag. I bought it. You what? You bought it? Yeah. Well, then you've just led me down and have a, a, a different... Okay, well, what do you want to talk about? Well, frankly, Chrissy, I'd like to talk about vegetarianism. You're a very Let's passionate go for vegetarian. Well, I, I just started a, a vegetarian restaurant in my hometown of Akron, Ohio. Do you think that this vegetarian restaurant would triumph? Because are you like... It's doing really well and it's vegan. What, are you any good at admin? What's that? Well, running a restaurant, all the admin... No, no interest in it whatsoever. So what, you're just fronting it? Yeah, well, no, I mean, I had to, you know, there wasn't a vegetarian in Akron, so we... Uh, Are you doing any recipes? No, I'm not a cook or anything. Well, then, so, like, this vegetarian restaurant, it don't seem like you're contributing anything to it. Yeah, well, I, well, I have done, because, you know, it's my restaurant. Okay, well, what... And all the people involved who were Italians and had Italian restaurants, it's kind of yeah. like making a restaurant with the Sopranos. They hadn't even thought about vegetarianism, and now it's like, you know, they're... What you mean? One of the be probably the best vegan restaurant in, in America, I reckon. 
Okay, where is this vegan restaurant? It's in Akron, Ohio. I mean, I'm not trying to promote it here because who here is going to go no to No one's it? going to Akron, Ohio. The, no, n never. I mean, if, we, if I found myself in Akron, Ohio, what would be the name of it's that restaurant? It's called the Vegetarianian. What would worry about me about going to the Vegetarian? What's it called? Vegetarianian. What would worry about a guy in the Vegetarianian is you said it's run by louts and gangsters and hoods. Uh, yeah, I know, but they've, you know, they sort of come over to our side. What, so you've seduced them into a world of veganism and peace? Yes. Well, well I, I don't, don't know about the peace part. Exactly, because I think they could at any point be tempted back to behaving like Sopranos, right? At any moment. Well, it'll help me open a restaurant in Columbus. Okay, we're, we're, we're happening. We're ready what with have we got? Carla Thomas, baby. Right, okay. Are you going to help me with this? No, bloody I'm late. doing this on my own. Of course you are, because you're it's an ready. actual right. singer. Okay. Well, 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 right. We now present to you Chrissy Irons singing Baby. Here she goes. Okay, you ready? Yes, headphones, if you're ready. Chrissy, put your headphones on. Why do I need them? Because you won't be able to hear nothing. There she goes, this is Chris Yarn. Baby, ooh. Hang on, that's going to... Love you, call me baby. Oh, this is out of sync. That's not right. Well, I'm beginning to realise... Paul, stop that. It's not in sync with the song. Paul, stop that. No, 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 It's the no, karaoke no. machine. I think we've discovered now why that duet was so difficult. Right, go to Brass in Pocket now, play that song. I'm going to have strong words with these karaoke people. No, don't put Brass in Pocket. Come on, let's have a go. Uh, no, listen, all right. Can you just if sync you it up? Put on... Maybe just listen to the track and read the words. But no, let's put on... Matthew, thing. let's put on When Will I Be Famous by Brass. Put on a track now. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. And let's recompose ourselves, talk to these karaoke people. Sit... <laughs> There they were, Bross there. Bross stepping in and helping us. I think that's probably the most positive use of Bross in the history of music. Never before have they been used to put out fires. Bross gave us a little bit of breathing space. Now I can say to you, Chrissy Ireland, while we sat down... Looking like Lemmy as you are. Do you think that this is how Lemmy sits, is it? I'm that's how he sits. Perched on the chair yeah. with... Uh, with the microphone actually... The mic is actually up. It's phallically it's one of his, posed above me. One of the distinctions of... Yeah. The great man. I think, really, that's one mm -hmm. of the many distinctions of Lemmy. This is kind of how I imagine David Walliams would like to be addressed by me, poised with me talking into a phallus pointing downwards, gravitationally lulled towards my face. Now, Chrissy, uh, thank you very much for coming here. Um, do you know what I, like, that experience has taught me? Karaoke's quite bloody hard. You said it was easy. I find it difficult. It's like, how did that become a party sensation? Because it's like sort of having to do a job. Well, no, it's when it, in the proper setting, i.e. a karaoke bar when it's synced up r correctly. Yeah, because what I long suspected is that Pete and Paul, the people that are doing that karaoke... They are, stitched us up, man. They stitched up. They're a couple of jokers, a couple of chances. They're very much like a corrupt Bradford and Bingley sat out there. They probably heard you insulting them as they were in the lift coming up. Right, and then tucked us up, good yeah. and proper. So, right, so normal karaoke is much easier. Yeah, it's much easier... It's a, it's, it gives mm. you a chance to be what you, whoever you want to be. Well, I'm quite happy being me, really, but me not doing karaoke. Does it give me that opportunity? Is there a karaoke yeah, number? If you're in the audience, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of probably how I'd like but to... But the thing is, there is no audience. It's just a bunch of drunks right. sitting around waiting for their turn and people going through the book, finding their yeah. favourite song. Fair no enough. No one pays attention. Um, what I'm glad of is that I didn't bloody well do that in front of Elton John and Nick Cave. That would have been... That would have been... That's exactly where we should have done it. You think that would have benefited from having... Because like, one of the few advantages of what just happened is that I didn't peruse the room and go, Oh, God, there's Nick Cave over there looking down wood into his pint I sorrowfully. I can't believe that you're nervous to sing in front of someone like that. Or Why? anybody. Why would you be? 
Well, I suppose because singing, you have to be a little bit serious. And I don't really like being... This is I don't when think I like you have to be, be serious, serious to sing, but, you know, I mean, having a singing voice, I, apparently it's not for everyone. No, well, evidently not. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're Chrissy Eind. I'm some, you know, I'm me, old Russ. You know, I think, like, so if you're a comedian, you're stood on stage going, hey, I'm a bit of, I'm a laugh, I'm having some fun. Whereas if you're a singer, you're standing there being all sexy. Now, you can do that. You have, <laughs> even in your well, gait, your manner mm. generally, you have a certain apparent sexuality, right? And, and in your, so when you're singing, it doesn't seem like a massive jump. My personality don't lend itself very easily to, right, come on, let's be serious now, I'm quite sexy. You know what I mean? I feel like a bit daft. Unless I'm having it off. When I'm actually having it off, then I'm serious. I never joke during sex. Never joke in that situation, Chrissy. Then I suddenly no. become well, that's good to know. very, very serious. I'll take it right. Come on, let's get this sex done. Boring, I am, but no. But it's not meant to be serious when you're singing. You're supposed to be having a laugh. That's why you're in a band. Right, well, yeah, all right, maybe so. for the fun of the, the, the all-encompassing fun of the experience. there aren't any bands anymore, really, for the most part. It's kind of like a dying art, so. Really? Maybe There's I'm... no one you rate these days? Yeah, I'm just saying that it's, it's getting thin on the ground. Well, it's it's not like... In days of yore, when everyone was in a band. Yeah, I suppose so, Chrissy. Them days. Everyone over. wants to be famous now. That wasn't the point then. It was about being. Was it? Was well, it what? It was. It wasn't about being famous then. It was more about no, what some artists. So endeavor. that you didn't have to join in and you didn't have to, you know, be part of society. It was more like being in the shadows. Lurking around in the shadows. Matt might have some questions about that because he stands in his bedroom pretending to be in a band. Even now, they're called. What, what's your band called? The Malicious Jesters. No, they. they it's a game called Guitar Hero 3. Oh, take it seriously, Russell. <laughs> Not but called the Malicious you to, Jesters. You have to give it a band name, and I gave it Jesters and Malice. But I used to be in a band at school, and that yeah. was back in the day. What was that? Oh, back we didn't in want the to day. be part of society. We were like <laughs> Jesters, but Jesters of Malice. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So what were the band actually that? called? Because they Why wouldn't let you call it called Subculture at one so, point. I'm going up a gear, oh. aren't I? He has to stand up when he talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> Why? What was sorry? It's... Subculture was. We ended up doing punk covers. They were called subculture. No, let's not your talk band. about me. Let's talk about your band, you two. Ah, now we're going to get. The, we're going to take the band back on the road very soon. We'll be appearing at a karaoke bar near you. Do you so, have a band? No, I'm not. I've never been that way inclined to tell you the truth. You, you don't know. play anything, and you don't sing. No, because I'm a comedian. Like I think if you've got one thing, you think, all right, I'm good at that thing. Concentrate. You know, and plus, being good at comedy, you can you can write a book, be on a radio show, do stand-up, present TV shows, act on the television, it, doing all those things, acting films, do all that lot. You can't then suddenly go, well, I did once do When I'm 64 as a cover. You know, where is that, as a matter yeah, of fact? Yeah, let's have a listen. Let's have a little listen. Well, hey, what we'll about Jeff Beck being in the you, audience? Did you fancy getting up in front of him? Well, no, you see. It's not, a, it's not a context in which I fly. I don't mind sort of having a laugh. Say we was doing it like if you'd gone, right, Russell, do the, right, you play the part of a tubby little Dutch girl singing Islands in the Stream, put, pop on these clogs, right? I would have gone, oh, all right, that sounds nice. I could have done it as the part of a, a little Dutch girl singing Islands in the Stream of Chris. So it's next week. Right, that's <laughs> let's see where we can take this thing. Yeah, right, have a listen to this. Right, listen to me. Is that going to come out in here? Will yeah, Chrissy yeah, here? I'll leave the mics up if you want. Yeah, leave the mics up. I think that's probably wise. Listen, right, listen to this, Chrissy. This free is to sing along. Put your headphones on. This is a, this is a recent oh, cover anyway. of When I'm 64. Yeah, listen okay. to this travesty done by me. This was a re like to celebrate 40 years since Sergeant Pepper. Right, Oasis did one. Uh, Pete and Carl from Liberty's done one. I done one. Enjoy your last moments of innocence before he sings. <laughs> Step into the light, Chrissy. Step into the light. Already had Here we taste. go. Hold on. When I get older, touching. Losing my head. Yeah, I'm capable of now. Creepy. Years from now. It's like licking your ear. Very beautiful. Will you still touching. be sending me? 
birthday with just two pounds a month we can save much more tuneful. See? It's because I use technology. You can do it. Of course I can. I can't do that kind of bloody, all that pressure. Chrissy Ironed in the room. This is a lot of after effects. Lock the door. Well, you still need me. Well, you still need me. For our new video with Chrissy Hyde. When I'm 60. A single tear, Chrissy. Just <laughs> heard enough, right? I think, yeah, I think we've made our point. Yeah, kind of got the idea. Yeah, see, that's it. Right, so there you are, Chrissy. Oh, There's me. Very nice. If I'm, it, thank you very much. Chrissy Hind is there applauding my musical ability. So, yeah, if I'm entombed in a soundproof booth with David Arnold, the brilliant David Arnold, there's literally not, well, to say no limit to my capacity would, would, would be a lie, but the limit <laughs> is less restrictive. Can Shall I stand up if you're going to... Yeah, I if you want. If you want to put a, Chrissy, you're very, you're very much a wild card guest on this show, I've noticed. Why is that? Well, moving about, standing up, sitting down, making demands of those poor karaoke fellas. Very, you know, there's no telling what you'll do next. Look at you now, even I and me in that fashion. What makes you tick? I hung around with your daughter for a while, do you know that? Did you? For a little while, Yasmin. Oh, really? Went out of her, in fact, for a while. Like, went on a few dates. She was lovely, very lovely. Funny she never mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, I, I don't know, what, that could be a number of things. Shame, guilt, <laughs> I don't, fear. I don't know, yeah, no, she and was I, quite I, I offered her to Steve Coogan when I met him. Really? You offered a Coogan? Well, by, you know, no, by... No, I offered her to him. As a gift. As yeah. Like, yeah, well, by that stage, of course, she'd experienced Russell Brand, you know. Mm. It, it would have been insufferable for her, uh, I, I imagine, by then. So, mm, okay, yeah. So we, yeah, she was a very nice girl, lovely, very well brought up, tremendous fun, very bright, a- adorable person. Yasmin, where where is Trip she? Trip off the old block. She very much so. Yeah. In fact, now glimpsing into your eyes, I can feel that same sense of seduction. She was adorable. You've got other doors as well, have mm-hmm. you? Natalie, yeah. Hmm. I'm always so. struck by in pornography when you said, like, you know, like the, by the likelihood. <laughs> it's a very neat segue. Hold on. No, but in pornography, no. when they do mother and daughter pornography, I think, well, just surely that. They're not real mother and daughters. No, of course they're not. I mean, that would be a deplorable conceit. But, like, you know. Isn't that. Yes. Like a false advertising, then? Can't you get. Well, I think if you buy pornography that's telling you, for example, that it's momsteachingteens.com, and then when you actually watch that pornography, you find that the moms are not the moms of the teens that they're actually teaching, and those teens are about 32 teen years old, I think then you've got a right to mm. having yeah, your money back. You'd be embarrassed in court, wouldn't you? Go on. Well, you'd be embarrassed, wouldn't you, go to court to try and so, sue a website and say, they were not mother and daughter. Look at this, this is clearly not the mother. This girl here's from Argentina, this woman here's from Colchester, it's preposterous. She's in her 40s. Yeah, no, it'll be a difficult case to pursue with any kind of vehemence, you're quite right. Can I go now? Why? Wait, wait, what do you mean by that? Because it's drifted under mother and daughter porn? Chrissy! Well, you've got, you've got very welcome to leave at any stage. You're on, oh, I don't want your old dear under any duress. They just drifted off into a, a comic riff momentarily to lift the spirits of the show. You're still happy here, aren't you? Yes. You looked down when you said that. Chrissy, I see, this is what I, I suppose, like, you know, one struggles with the, the, an artistic woman because, you know, you're very difficult to contain and control. 
I don't, particularly if that if the process of conversation is being broadcast, because I've got other obligations. I'm doing a bleeding radio show. Look, for example, well, well, do, go for it. Do it. Don't right. If you want to email way. us, it's russell.brand@bbc.co.uk. I've got to say things like that every so often. You know, I was sitting in with my dog for the night. You know, I have. I've got a life too. Of course you bloody well have. Now, for God's sake, focus. Right, I'll tell you what, let's put on Gang of Four at home. He's a tourist. Is that yeah. what we're I went past a massage parlour today on my way here, just, you know, sex, innocently. Sex, sex. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, oh, the massage parlour had, like, had a sign, it was like a sauna massage, you know, brothel, right? that's what it was, and it was in King's Cross, right? In the window, they'd put up a photocopy page said, Tourists welcome. I thought, well, why are they making that distinction? Like, why would a tourist not feel well? Oh, I'm not. I won't go in there. I'm a stranger in this land. Why have they? Oh. What's happened? They, they think we're not getting enough tourists. Maybe some of them don't let tourists in. Right? No. Come on. You're, how long you been here? Show us your passport. Paying in euros. No maps. Get out. For Christ's sake, that's this Brett first. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> this is no way to behave. Let's listen to at home. He's a tourist. Uh, a tourist would be very welcome at that massage parlour in Kings Cross. Gang of four. Oh, me's a tourist gang of four. What's that you doing? It's not the one you wanted? No, nah, it's a cover. I feel like a nan buying you the wrong Christmas present. Is that not the one you wanted, dear? not a cover, it's a remix. But it doesn't it's matter, you remail. got me the wrong Star Wars figures. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, have you got... Oh, once this lad bought me, like, it was a sand people, actually, and I, like, I once said to him, oh, you can never have too many sand people because, you know, they are multitudinous in the film. So this lad, yeah. overheard me saying that, bought me yet another sand person. But by that stage, I had, like, five or six. I had enough to represent sand people in really? the game. You had that many sand people? I really... Well, I'm only I had child. one stormtrooper. I only tried... I had loads of stormtroopers. I had the one where Luke Sky has got a little pin head underneath yeah, to take yeah, off his helmet. Yeah. The head was always a bit too small. And he said, Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. I love no, that was from Star Wars. The original Star Wars is where oh, he dresses that as a one, yeah, when he's dressed as a yeah, and he I thought he meant the one where he dresses up as a, what? Oh. a bounty hunter and goes and sees Jabba. He dresses no, that's up as Princess, Princess Leia. That's Princess Leia, yeah. 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 Matthew, no, she's tied to Jabba. The whole plots of oh, those God. films must... Yeah, it's Return of the Jedi. Well, let's not get bogged down in that. We've had enough <laughs> to contend with over the course of this show. But like, dear darling Chrissy Iron's gone now. What I suppose is odd is, like, you know, because... Like, I find it a bit, like, difficult to do a bit of karaoke with someone. I thought the karaoke was Karaoke good. was a laugh. I what? thought it was the... <laughs> I see rapport you have with each other. <laughs> She's very, like off, off of a, off of the radio though. I'm sure if you get on with like get on with her really well, but you can't. I think you can't be disrespectful to Chrissy Iron. So that's why I suppose when I strayed into mother and daughter porn, I sort of thought, hold on a minute, this is a mistake. You, you know, do it with everyone. Well, I suppose it. that's my default setting. Yeah, isn't it? If well, I feel it nervous, be. why not? Clean sex? up your act. <laughs> yeah, but I don't do it all you the think, time in life. Oh, this is going a bit awkwardly. Oh, I know what I'll talk about. Hey, mother and daughter porn. After <laughs> saying I know your daughter. <laughs> That's what reminded me. I thought, you idiot. <laughs> Hold on a minute, I know how to steer this out of trouble. Hey, why don't me, you and your daughter all have sex? <laughs> At least then I know you really are her mother. Not <laughs> that court case I was involved in. <laughs> Liars. Mom's teaching teens indeed. Hey, hey, you've got no business teaching those teens. Teach your own teen. I thought, yeah, it comes to something when a social situation can only be rescued by bringing up the possibility of having a threesome with Honestly, a mother and their daughter. Honestly, you need counselling for sex. I've had counselling for sex. I went away for a month. They couldn't do nothing with me. You talked to a dear old man at last of the summer wine. <laughs> Two questions in after asking him his name. Okay, all right. So you're Wallace and Gromit, are you? All right. How big's your dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chrissy Hart, great pretenders. Yeah, all right. Jim Carroll, lovely, lovely. Listen, told you, you people, me, your daughter. Told you people who are in bands what? don't like listening to. Do you remember when Noel Gallagher came bothered. on the show? He wanted to listen to a Chemical Brothers song that had his voice in it, but he didn't yeah. want to listen to an Oasis song. What do you mean, people in bands? People in bands. Oh, that's like saying you know, like oh, all Ukrainians are dirty. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
<laughs> Which you said on the way here. I did. That was a joke about that. <laughs> As if they, Ukrainians aren't a marginalised group. That's they probably just... are. Right, well, if you are Ukrainian, I'm sorry you've been marginalised. I just played Daily Mail probably here. hates them. Right, Daily Mail, leave Ukrainians alone. Oh, no, the comedian Boothby Graffo told me about this some bloke in a Burmese jail. I think he's called Win Yu Win Tin. He's a journalist. Get him out of that Burmese jail! He sent me a text message when he was all drunk. He'd read my Morrissey Guardian article. Goes, you should use your voice to get this bloke you win tin released from a Burmese jail. So, uh, Burma. I'm sure his name's you win tin. Oh, it was either that or it was a competition I entered for Heinz recently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's called you win tin, right? Get you in t- People can research it instead of researching your bloody Nick Leeson Yeah, case. well, no-one's come up with a good it's on that, It's because it's complicated. I? No, I just want someone to go, right, he controls other people's money, and then he did this, and then Well, it'll that, be that, right? then. He controls I'm other people's money. I'm not going to listen to my own pre-seed account saying I don't know. <laughs> oh, I wonder about what the situation is. He Otherwise, I'll listen money. to my own idea about it. But for a, for a concise view on this, let's listen to what I think. Oh, he listen looks out of money. left side of my brain. <laughs> Matthew, I'm the mathematical side of your brain. Please sit down. Hey! The Xbox. I'm creative side of your brain. Let's smash things up a little bit. Let's jive, honey. We've got some emails here. This one is from Becky. I was talking to my nan the other day about giving some of my clothes to charity. I said, they're going to the Ukraine. And she replied, you're sending them to the Ukraine. Just give them back. Give them to help the raged. <laughs> Actual love, Becky. Yet more attacks on, on the, the people of the Ukraine. So hang on, let's, uh, I'm not over the karaoke thing I think yet. it's because of You went all red and prickly. Your uh, face went all red. Well, Why? it was hard because I went hot. Do you know what I mean? It made me feel well, hot. You, did you think, oh, God, I'm not very good at this singing? No, I was able to accept not being good at singing because that's outside of the world. There was bits where world. you sounded all right. Yeah, no, well, I weren't that. It was just what, what I felt was I wasn't in control of the situation. I thought, like, because I was dealing with two things. I was dealing with, like, being polite to the lovely, brilliant Chrissy Hyde. Well, hang on, what, when you were singing? How were you being polite when you no, were singing? No, not the singing. Like, during the, the singing, polite, I Polite? Mother and daughters? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, my God, like, where's my decorum? I've not tried to have Which sex with her First. Uh, hello, Vicar. Just sex. <laughs> oh my god. Do I drive on the left side of the road or the right side? Sex! Get your knickers off! Look, wait, what? No, I wasn't. But with the karaoke. You need to talk to Paul McKenna about sex. <laughs> I do talk to her about it. I've been yeah, trying to have it off his wife. The poor man. <laughs> Listen to me. What the situation was, is we were doing that karaoke. Well, during the karaoke, I just felt the normal embarrassment of a person doing karaoke. After the karaoke, I felt the less typical embarrassment of this lady, Christiane, has got to be looked after. But it's looking after her is preventing me from being in the usual bloody uh, sort of lexicon and behavioural mode of our radio show because like remember there was a bit where I turned to you and started mucking about with you and she went, hey should I just go home and I thought oh bloody hell Jamie have got to look after Chrissy Hind and, and quite rightly she's a very big star very talented woman etc etc but it's difficult for me to be it's a all, twit all you know all you performers look you just sit there on your ass to draw in a picture of a maggot coming out of an apple shouting <laughs> silence that's what you were doing yeah I know I think a psychiatrist needs to see me look at that of course a, a psychiatrist coming out of an apple saying silence <laughs> that you do need to I've see been a well, what you need to look, Matt. If you find yourself in a difficult situation, try talking about the old sex. Yeah. E.g., perhaps you're talking to Peter Sallis out last of summer wine. Think things are going a bit slowly. Ask him if he's ever thought about fingering grommet. Oh. It'll bring you right back on track. Of course, it will. Imagine you were a counsellor. Imagine you went around children's hey, wards. Wait, imagine. Whoa, whoa! I'd be a good counsellor. I'd be good in a children's wouldn't. ward. I'd be good in a children's ward. Yeah, you'd be good ward. in a children's ward, actually. Because I'm good with children. 
No, what you do is you show off and then mm. exhaust yourself and then the children <laughs> go, Do it again, Uncle Russell! <laughs> go, Look, just leave me! I'm terribly drunk! I feel ill! I can't bear this anymore! Do it again, Uncle Russell! Oh, John Rogers, bloody lout, your beautiful children smashing their way through my life. Right, OK, look, it's nearly the end of our radio show. Shame, really, because I'm back in a really lovely mood now. Oh, no, we've got Difficult. the whole gamut from... Oh... <laughs> I to... Inappropriate comments to <laughs> awkwardness. Yeah, it's back all been to there. Fun. That's hey, all on the Russell Brown show. This is live, live and it's real. Thank God. <laughs> right, here, let's get Mr. G over here. He'll do a poem. Please welcome Poet Laurie of the show. Who knows we'll make of this week's madness as he summarises the entire show in a poem that he writes while he sat there. <laughs> Mr. G, woo, yeah! Okay, this poem is called Free Billy. <laughs> Much like cracks in the pavement serenade the retracing of familiar steps onto unfamiliar stages, knowing full well the wages of a misplaced proclaimant is a well-placed regret. Swept up in bros mania, trapped in Xbox insania, are they jesters of malice or messages tragic, assisting the magic to explain the rogue of all traders? Extensions in vain are but screaming islands who blame. The streams and estuaries for the mess we see, karaokeing and joking except during sex you see. So as mother and daughter escorted to the land with no name, hey, don't hate the players, just hate the game. Yeah. Don't hate the players, hate the game. It's Mr. G all on the mic. Fantastic work. Oh. Go on, ask G about sex. G, I expect you like a bit of... By which I mean sex. Hold on, we've got an email. Do you? Of course he does. I've spoken to him about it plenty of times. No point getting bogged down in more sex. This is from Vlad. Hi, Matt, Russ and G. I heard some Buddhist monks fight in Burma or somewhere like that. Some of them punch each other. Some of them do swearing. Others have guns and knives and do whack on you. You silly boy. Buddhist monks do um, Kung Fu, don't they, some of them? The Shaolin monks, yeah, I suppose yeah. so. But they do it in a sort of big artful way, not yobbing around like yeah, grasshopper. Yeah, you try and break into their temple and kick your ass. <laughs> Why would I try and break into it? I'm right behind the monks. I've always been behind them. Right Get behind out their of Tibet, China. Get to break out of Tibet. It. Find out about you in tin or whatever, everyone. Right, and guess get him out of that Burmese nick. Like Booth Big Graffo. Burmese, what a fool. Here, there's some pots on the Burmese nick. Is she Birminghamese? <laughs> Is she Birmingham? Hey, what's wrong with you bloody Burmans? <laughs> oh, you found some copper. <laughs> you dirty Burmans, you've stuck him in a jail. Get him go, you winting. <laughs> you winting. I think he's called Lotto Bronze, I think. Get him out, free him. Right, my nan was once told, says Robin Watford, my nan once mildly, my nan was once mildly racist to my Chinese girlfriend, told her Chinese New Year was a terrible thing. Bless her. That's <laughs> 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 just against Chinese New Year. Well, I suppose that's because it makes a mockery of any other New Year, because you sort of think, well, hold on, either it's a New Year or it ain't. If you just people are having New Year whenever they want, it means that, you know, go on. What? Why is he you just did a sort of really weird at you went, put, put your my hands up? up. What does that I'm mean? Polite. What do you put your hand up for? What do you Can want? Can I speak? Yeah. I've got a nan thing. All right, go on then. My brother-in-law got into his... Why do you put your hand up? That's mental. Because was... I just went like... You went... I've got a nan thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you need a nan thing? Go on. Yeah, your nan what? He got... Uh, his, my brother-in-law got into mm. his nan's car yeah. to drive it. Mm. Got into the driver's seat, adjusted the mirrors, and she went, Oh, do you use them? Oh. So she's been driving for years without using her mirrors. <laughs> just thought they were decorative. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Oh, and it makes a sound when you press the middle of this steering wheel. Oh, that's lovely. Dear old Nan's world we've been What age are you not allowed to drive after? I don't know, but I'm not allowed to drive. Oh, I ain't got a licence. I don't think that you should have the elderly driving about, do you? Mm. Or moving about. Or should they be allowed <laughs> out of their houses at all? Should they? Keep them locked away. <laughs> yeah, push them down the stairs, see if they can cope. No, not the elderly. We love them dearly. Right. Oh, wow, what a show. We ain't, ain't spoke to Noel Gallagher. I can't even remember what Noel Gallagher sounds like. No. Or looks like, or what he does for a living. Where is he? 
Let's get Noel Gallagher. Have you had contact with him? A few texts here and there, you know, a bit, a bit. wait till he finds out about this Morrissey fiasco. He's going to eat that up, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to Oh, we all love that. Did he go and see Morrissey? No, he was going to come Tuesday. He didn't bother turning up. Right. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, right, show's nearly finished. Let's see, see if there's anything worth rounding up. What? You, you do some odd things lately, Matthew what? Morgan. What have I done now? Snuffled. I've held this show together today. You, you've snuffling well, you, you tried to let Chrissy Hine like do two... another bloody record. Yeah, because she wanted to. I was looking after her. You, you can't like, just stop it, stop it. If we got to! The karaoke machine's out of time. It was Chrissy Hine. weren't happy with the karaoke machine. You can't just let her keep Mate, doing I karaoke all day. that together. How did you hold it together? There was a time when you were both stood there like spoilt brats. <laughs> and I had to go, come on, stop fine. I think you're both good. I think you're both brilliant. <laughs> I think was... you're a very funny comedian and you're a very good singer. Very nearly capsized the entire bloody show. That did. This is from Joe. This isn't a Nan story, but still funny. I was out shopping with my auntie once, and she pointed at an old lady and said very loudly, she has trendy shoes on for an old woman. The old woman had a club foot and was wearing a built-up shoe. Your auntie <laughs> is what can only be described as a hater, but hey, don't hate the player, hate the game. That's the way it Well, no is. one's explained the rogue trader thing. Maybe I've misjudged Don't that. worry about it. Get uh, you win tin out of Nick in Burma. Explain to Matt what that means. Just say, I'll tell you in the car on the way home. I you know don't what it means. know what it means. I know what it means. To do with, he's been on the rob and he's caught with his fingers in the till. What are you getting up? Here, guess what Chrissy Iron said after she went. She goes, yeah, that, and when I'm 64, she goes, bloody brilliant. You've got a lovely voice. No, you can do it. It's obviously your nerves. She did. She made it very clear. She yeah, thought I, it was a I great know. Talent. I heard her say, never go to that vegetarian restaurant again. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, well done, John. My, uh, Lynn's son, John, boxing champion, English boxing amateur champion. Lynn, my housekeeper. Well done. He's bought me some nice pr uh, pirate plasters. That's nice. I like those. Thank you very Don't much. I understand the word of that. Lynn, my housekeeper, her son, son, John, boxing champion, bought right. me some pirate plasters. Imagine that. Little plasters with skull and crossbones on them, like we got in America. It was the last time you had to wear a plaster. Always having to wear them Why? on meals or what something. What do you mean? I'm not up to nothing. I'm just living my life. I keep myself to myself. You know, I'm never in any trouble. You hardly know I'm here. Right. What a show it's been. There's been moments of chaos. Yes, there has. But that is the nature of live radio. We have brought you a fantastic show. <laughs> I thank Chrissy Hyde. I thank Dale Winton. I thank Peter Salas, Mr. G, Matt Morgan, everyone who's enlivened and lightened up this magnificent piece of broadcasting. Even the karaoke blokes sat out there in a haze of their own boozed-up drunkenness. <laughs> I thank you too. Their moody karaoke machine, like that robot thing out of short circuit, propped up in the corner of the room. Thank you, everyone. Time now for a bit of yes, you know, we need to know it. This is BBC Radio 2, online on digital and on 88 to 91 FM. This is BBC Radio 2. Love you, boy, boy.